Yeah. Welcome to Oak Show Syndicate. The February episode. February. It's the month of romance. Sure. It's also the month of black history. It's also also the month of celebrating women in the horror genre. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, you know, the, for being the shortest month of the year, February has a lot of multitasking to do. Mm-hmm. But, it's but, okay, it's a little bit longer this month. It is one day longer. That's that's all mm-hmm. you need to s- slam in the extra themes of the month. Mm-hmm. But uh, tonight on Spook Show Syndicate, we're going to focus on the romance angle. Because there's really not much more capable of inspiring horror than love. The Trojans and the Greeks knew it. Bonnie and Clyde knew it, and the first person to look down Main Street to watch a child being born definitely knew it. To summarize the wide range of horrors love can manifest, we've diluted it into Valentine's Day. It's a holiday, although you don't get a day off for it. No one, no one gives it a day off. No country in the world gives you a day off for Valentine's Day. Nope. It's a day where we set time aside to shower our significant others with dying flowers, cheap chocolates, and stuffed bears. It's a paltry offering compared to stories of the original St. Valentine, who boasts the accomplishment of having cured the daughter of his jailer of blindness. So, you know, unless you're curing your significant other's irritable bowel or restless leg on Valentine's Day, you're really just phoning it in. And you should do better. Not that it really matters, because Valentine's Day has gotten a serious phasing out. Instead of wandering out into the world to subject themselves to the nightmares of speed dating and video dating and online dating profiles, the sad and the lonely now take to the internet to wallow in their sad loneliness. And I get it. I too have suffered the misery of sitting around behind a glowing screen surrounded by empty cans of Red Bull and half-eaten pizza that didn't taste particularly good when it was fresh two days ago, scowling at yet another vapid blast of hollow sentiment slung out into the cyber realm to celebrate some joke of a holiday, while the only thing I've got to keep me company is the emotionally disconnected but equally sultry gaze of legendary Serbian porn star Irene Demova. I get it! But I'm here to tell you, posting about how Valentine's Day is nothing more than a Hallmark holiday made to sell candy and overpriced cards isn't the way. Sneaking up behind a couple eating their Valentine's dinner at a reasonably priced restaurant and making gagging noises until they both vomit into their fully loaded chips is not the way. And photoshopping Irene Demova's head onto a picture you took with your hot cousin last summer to convince the world you're not as alone as they think you are is definitely not the way. The way is horror movies. Specifically, horror movies dealing with all the nasty ways love can go wrong. I tell you, it'll have you sitting back in your crusty recliner and smiling to yourself... Because you'll know how bad love can go, and you can point and laugh at the dum-dums getting maimed and killed, and know you'll never be at risk of such a thing. And if you don't know where to start, we're going to give you four movies to get you started. From 1999, we have Takashi Miike's Audition. The tender story of a lonely widower, 
just looking for love by way of holding a fraudulent film audition, and the Yandere who thinks he might just be the one. From 2001, we have Valentine, where the angelic Cupid Mask Killer is looking for a little revenge on the hot chicks from middle school who slighted him in the hopes that just one of them might be the woman of his dreams. From 2008, we have Dead Girl, the story of a small-town love triangle square between a young man, the hot girl he enjoys stalking, his sociopathic best friend, and a clothing-impaired cadaver. And from 2011, we have Comforting Skin, a movie that reminds us that it's very important to focus on your self-care. At least until your self-care starts focusing on you a little too much. So sit back, pop a little blue pill, break into that box of chocolates you bought for that special someone who put out the restraining order before you could give it to them, and prepare yourselves for tainted love. All right. Let's go. Best monologue ever. <laughs> Thank you. You are you are you are a brilliant <laughs> genius, and I love you. Oh, can I can I can I marry you again? Thing. What? Yeah. Can I marry you again? I mean, it would be complicated and tricky. Yeah, do you like your little heart kettle? I do. I like the layout. Yeah. It's very nice. You guys it's gorgeous. Are welcome. I enjoy doing these so much. I, They're I gotta really figure good. Out what I want to do for next month. I don't know yet. Don't look at that. Shamrock. So anyway, how are you guys doing? Yeah, but like a theme to it. Oh, I'm... hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, good. Oh my god, I'm going through the notes to like get them lined up properly because we're going chronologically. And the first movie I watched was Valentine, and I'm remembering now just how many fucking notes I put down for Valentine. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Wait, audition. Yeah, it's going to be at the bottom. Oh, that's easy. Like, I wrote, like, next to no notes for audition. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wrote notes. I, most of mine were after. I wrote, I yeah, I wrote a few. staring at the movie. Yeah, that, but... I was basically, because it had been, like, I've seen all of these. Audition has definitely been, it was definitely the longest span of time. For audition. Well, no, technically, I think maybe I, it's been longer since I've se seen Valentine, but I saw Valentine a lot, so I think it was fresher in my head, even though I'd seen audition after the fact, but audition. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is that the one we're going with first? Yeah, that's where we're, we're starting. What order okay. do we want to go in? <laughs> I guess chronologically works because, like, in order from youngest or from oldest to newest. Well, yeah, that's that's the order mm -hmm. of the movies. I'm in order of um, who, um, who who would like to speak on auditions behalf first. I say we go in the order of the hearts. So kettle. Oh, okay, oh, that works. Oh yeah, yeah, contestant number one through three. Suitor number one. Yeah, suitor number one. What what say oh. you about audition? <laughs> Uh, I, I really liked Audition. Um, it was one of those like kind of slow burn movies that uh, really... I, I really enjoyed the like late 90s, early 2000s Japanese aesthetic anyway, and like that whole like 
businessman thing and that bar that uh, him and his associate were drinking at in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So I found all that to be quite comfy. And now, and also very, very scary because uh, obviously the girl. Um, <laughs> Yeah, she uh she was she was Yandere before years before Yandere Simulator came out. <laughs> yeah, the the thing that I, I watched it last night, and the thing that really stuck with me and like spooked me and it was and I felt was like the turning point to like here's when shit gets weird is when uh he calls her again and she's just sitting in the room all like huddled up. Oh yeah. And and yeah. and the phone rings and that grin just pops up on her face. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then yep. the, the the fucking bag thing starts rolling around. I'm like, "All right. What's, what's <laughs> That's like, that is that is the moment when I feel like that movie becomes a true Takashi Miike film because up until that point it's re- really slow and really straightforward and is just kind of like a a weird like almost romance drama. And then that scene happens, and then from yeah. there, from there forward, it's just further levels of batshit insanity. Yeah. What about you, Neff? Um, I, I love <laughs> Takashi Miike at this mm. point. I love him to death. I cannot wait to watch more. I will own his entire movie thingy mover collection at mm. some point. Um, not just for you, but for myself, because I, I do genuinely enjoy it. He's he's brilliant. He starts it off as just being so unlike his films that I've seen so far. Where yeah, it's, it's very normal. You know, mom, Disney movie start. Mom dies. Mm-hmm. It's the dad and the and the son, and they're you know they're they're getting along, and then you see the son has grown up. That even though he doesn't have his mom, he's grown up pretty well. Pretty well. Yeah, he's a pretty well adjusted kid. Yeah. Um. And and the father, you know, apparently, you know, if if you look worn out, you should just go get yourself. Go get a wife. go That's get yourself a new wife. Wife. Yeah. Go get yourself <laughs> laid, Dad. Yeah. He could have avoided the whole thing. Now, now, granted, this girl may have advanced with the times, but if this took place like today, just be like, I don't need to set up all these auditions, man. I'm just gonna get on Tinder, do some swiping. Like, <laughs> you're find yourself a great like great lady on there that way. yeah if they did if they did a modern remake of audition it would literally yeah it would it would have to be like via tinder or something yeah yeah, yeah. that was my first thought was like setting up all these auditions i'm like why do they do oh right it's nice to it's such a like, it's such a weird premise the whole like his friend is like a film producer so he's like oh you want to look for a new lady like i've got the perfect idea for how you can meet a bunch of women in like short succession and basically just sets up the equivalent of speed dating mm-hmm. but uh, but under the guise of it's an audition for a film well, like it's so weird <laughs> yeah and it's only for him like he just gets to see this this rotation of like 30 beautiful women come in to audition for this fake role <laughs> like it's such a weird like that's prior to when it goes completely batshit insane like that's even the even the initial premise still has that hint of of me where it's like this is weird man like who the fuck does this like really like okay but they set it up pretty reasonably like okay you get it. The, the first 45 minutes of that movie is comfy sailing. Oh, um, yeah. No, yeah. Straight up. Comfy sailing. It, it, it depends, I think, on your viewing state. It's either incredibly comfy or you're just like, 
So so when's so when's the dismemberment happening? <laughs> like hurry the fuck up. <laughs> I kind of, well, depending I kind of on depending on your a bit slower too. So mm-hmm. like I I knew to expect that. So yeah. it didn't really like bother me. And I and I was just enjoying the aesthetic so much. I was like, I'll watch these guys talking at bar all day. Like, oh yeah, it's it's gorgeously shot. Mm-hmm. I think I think my favorite part, honestly, is when you sit there and you listen to the music composition of the film, um, especially like in the beginning opening scene when he's walking there with his his toy or his uh, arts and crafts project. Oh which, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. By the way, child at the beginning whose arts and crafts skills are good. But mm-hmm. not good enough to stop his mother from dying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Fucking do better in arts and craft, you little bitch. I know, right? But like the the composition, it's just it's it's fitting. I, I mean, at least until the end credits. But it's fitting because it's it's haunting and beautiful, and it sets a very somber mood. And then it has also like these backbeats to it that have very like mysterious and foreboding. Like the music does a very good job of that, of of kind of hinting that something's mm-hmm. not quite right before they reveal that something's not quite right. Like music plays a pretty big deal into it, and it's very, it's very light and flowy, but very haunting. Like the yeah. entire movie is haunting. Yeah. But like the music just pushes it home, and I think whoever, uh, and unfortunately, I did not look up who com- who composed it, but. The, the composition is beautiful. Uh, and mm-hmm. I felt it fit the film very well. Again, until the end credits. <laughs> the end credits. Just fucking. There was the Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was I, like. I watched so far. It was like some, some Japanese punk rock band, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Seriously? It was amazing. Uh, Fish? So, my first experience with Takashi Miike? Yeah. Um, completely in love with it. It was, to me, a peek into a normal, and I say normal, uh, <laughs> event into someone's life. Right. Like, it's, that's what the beginning was to me. We, we see a scope, a moment, a fraction of this man whose wife is dying. Kid, like Nephi said, you know, grew up really well. And then... Then I had the same reaction as Kettle, honestly, to like the whole point where where she smiles. I think my note was her smile is the epitome as of creepy as fuck. Oh yeah, it is. It is horrifying. Um, and her character itself, like I like serial killers. (laughs) I like true crime. It was so like, oh my god, if someone was this good at acting a personality yeah um you know this is probably how they would do it like you're that far disassociated from who you actually are because of abuse and etc and this is who you've become this is the monster that was made and it was still so human and Mm -hmm. i think that's what scared me plus the mind fuck i'm still not sure what happened at the end if it was real or not right (laughs) yeah and that's that's classic me um Mm -hmm. but but yeah like the way like her performance is especially amazing just because like when she's not full-blown psycho she seems like a perfectly nice young woman yeah very very friendly kind of demure and a little shy um maybe with some trauma in her past but she's gotten over it and she's she's working through it and then you see the flip side of that coin 
where mm-hmm. it, she is just completely fucking mental. Yeah. Um, and you can tell, too, like, when she's being nice, too, because it's like, you've studied this. This is a script for you, and you've studied your culture and, and noticed how polite they are, so you're purposefully being polite. You're saying the right things. You're, you've looked up the back end of it, because if he says one thing, you've got to counter with the next, and if you kind of it's like improv but studied improv mm-hmm. that was I, creepy to me <laughs> I, I feel like what was even creepier to me um watching it through this time like the smile definitely is the hinge between like this is like kind of a sane movie to this is a takashi movie um but even before that there's that brief period where he's not calling her and we get that first glimpse into her apartment and you kind of see the sack but it's not moving and she's still like hunched over just right next to the phone waiting and it's and it's almost as if for the period of time when they're not together and she's at home she is completely shut down and just waiting Mm mm-hmm She's just she's she is a she is a shark just waiting for for the bite, mm-hmm. which is almost even more horrifying because it's like until if he if he bites like she's just waiting for that moment mm-hmm. so that she can go after him, and until then she is compl- she's not doing anything else she's not going out she's not doing anything she is literally just waiting there as long as it takes for him to phone her up. Which is really creepy. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I I also wanted to mention the uh, it's it's like I it, she was doing kind of the whole uh, traditional girl like and kind of fit into what he wanted, but at the same time, he ignored so many red flags. Oh like, yes, <laughs> we can't contact anybody this girl's ever known. Oh, it's no big deal. You can only love me. Oh, it's no big deal. Like, <laughs> yeah, sure. I won't think too deeply into this and the fact that, like, you know, I still <laughs> probably have feelings for my dead wife and, you know, I kind of love my son. But that's not how she means that. She means romantic love exclusively. So, like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Or, or just how easy he buys the, like, she's like, she says that she has the, the, um, not so much an agent, but, the guy who's contact is a record company yeah the contact who's looking after her and then um his filmmaker friend looks into is like that guy's been missing for like six months yeah like nobody knows where the fuck he is and then he questions her on it a little bit and she's like oh i'm sorry like i just kind of made that up and like i don't actually know him and he's like okay well that explains that I guess yeah. we can date. <laughs> no red flags here. Blame, but man, he was. He was. He was. And and, th- and this is just from my opinion, but it's like you yeah. interviewed all those other beautiful ladies. Mm-hmm. Some of them I'm took sure their clothes could... off. Oh, they did. And it was great. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but I'm sure you could find someone matching most of those criteria, and you could find some people that are like, oh yeah, I worked with her for a few years, and she's not a psycho. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. But he was already, even before the audition, he was already locked in on her. Like he mm-hmm. she had already he, he, managed he to bait, Yeah, from the sob story. Yeah, he she had already her, managed to land the hook. He he told her I, I think this is the line that got me and made me laugh the most. I'm like, oh the foreboding in take life very seriously i was like hmm, i bet she does very serious when she's taking them lives 
The great thing in that scene is just like he's been silent the whole time, and then finally he opens his mouth, and his friend just looks at him like, "What? You waited all this time, and this is what you're deciding to say? <laughs> like, are you out of your mind? You're being fucking weird right now. Stop! <laughs> like, they're gonna figure out what we're doing. Shut up." <laughs> Yeah, it, it just, it, it, I think my, my best, my favorite part is, is like, cause knowing what the movie was and what mm. to kind of expect, um, you know, I was just like, once they centered in on the main female villain, yeah. I was looking at her and I'm like, I don't see her that way. Like, she's just too demure. She's too. Yeah. She does even. not look like what she is. No, I was like, I, I think I said it to you while we were watching it. I cannot wait to see her go psycho. Like, I cannot <laughs> wait to see this. And she does. And I think uh, my favorite thing is when she was pushing the acupuncture needles into mm-hmm. him. Yeah. The fucking psychotic glee she had. Well, when she was doing that and also when she starts hacking off his feet. Like, that psychotic, mm-hmm. like, it's like oh my yeah it's yeah. It's, it's like this childlike glee yeah as she's doing this really fucked up thing and that's just like incredibly unsettling it really is but it's so good mm-hmm. like i i just ah it, it was so well done and like even when it started getting a little fucky like it still kind of made sense <laughs> a little Look, look, Fish, here's here's the thing about that, Fish. Compared to other Miike films, and and Neff has now seen two other full Miike films plus a short film that he did. Right. Um... This is this is tame <laughs> compared to to other Miike films. Like if you if you if Audition left you wanting to watch other movies of his, that's awesome. But strap in because like you ain't oh, seen yeah. nothing this yet. This man is no. insane, and I love him. I'm I'm excited because it's got it hit that that psychological horror for mm-hmm. me and where where it, it screws with your brain in both time and space. Because at the end, I was like, yeah, the ending is so it didn't have because I you know the dog. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was, <laughs> I was, so I was like. The dog that was that was an explicit not dog death but dog corpse. And then I went, okay, so he's actually did did this happen? What, what the hell? Like I wasn't sure what was real and what wasn't real at the end, and that's the psychological horror that I love because it was <laughs> mm-hmm. with my brain. <laughs> right? Yeah, I know it really does, and it's it's. Oh, I just I can't get over it. Like. <laughs> I would watch it again, gladly. No mm. problems. I would watch it again, but I would cover my eyes and ears just like I did the first time at the part where the guy comes out of the bag and she feeds him. <laughs> I was, oh, yeah. <laughs> the whole time I had to sit there like this. I was like, nah, I can't do this. <laughs> so, yeah. He was, he was hungry. He, was, he, he, had to, he had to eat. That man had to eat. Yeah. He'd been in that sack a very yeah. long time. <laughs> any Lord. any meal oh, will do. <laughs> Fish pukes on local TV show. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! But yeah, 
Mike is the kind of guy like he's done a lot like a lot of movies and from what I've seen like he jumps around in the genres like this is probably the most standard straight up horror movie that I've seen him do but even the other stuff like it still has a lot of the same elements a lot of the same mindfuck elements um a lot of the same like extreme gore and extreme situation elements um, that are kind of cringy and gaggy. May um, I interject for just a moment? Sure. He did a children's film. He also did a children's film. So, like, this man is—he's—he's he's <laughs> he worked in every. <laughs> I don't know. I've not seen the children's film. Like, I've honestly—I've not seen nearly enough of his movies. I've only seen this one, uh, Ichi the Killer, uh, Dead or Alive, and then the short film Box. Wait, did we all watch Chi Chi the Killer together? No. Okay, that no, was No, me and Neff watched then. that one. I got it on Blu-ray a while back. Um, but Ichi the Killer, like, that one's batshit insane. Dead or Alive is even crazier. But, like, both Ichi and Dead or Alive are more, like, crime Yakuza movies. But they still have the same element of just, like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> Like, to the point, I don't want to spoil it, <laughs> but, at the same, but at the same time, I'll, I'll spoil just this much. At the end of Dead or Alive, the entire planet explodes. <laughs> that's, yep. that's how Dead or Alive ends. And, and when you get there, you're nice. like, you're like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> as much as anything else that just happened. <laughs> Dead or Alive was beautiful. It was amazing. It was so it was much beautiful. fun. I need to rewatch it again though because I have like I feel like it needs a second watching because I feel like I missed some stuff. <laughs> yeah. But that seems fair. That seems like mostly what Miike films kind of are. Where it's just like you watch it once and you're just like, what the fuck just happened? And then you watch it again and you're like, okay, I still don't understand, but <laughs> <laughs> I caught more this time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's that's audition. I think I are we that. are we good? Yeah. With audition? Yeah. Uh What's up next? Valentine. Oh, here's this the word. Oh man. <laughs> it's gonna be a good one. <laughs> so Val what are your thoughts on Valentine, Kettle? Kettle. Yeah. Uh I mean it it was okay. I didn't dislike it. It felt a little generic slashery to me, but like kind of mm -hmm. just with a Valentine twist. Mm -hmm. Uh however, it did have my my favorite kill. Yeah. Which was uh, do we do? Can we talk about those as they? Oh come sure. Out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Go for it. Uh, which was the uh, the fucking drill when he's like going through the, <laughs> the glass, mm -hmm. and then like he's just kind of like finds like fuck it and just throws it in there. On yeah. The it <laughs> that was that, that, was, my favorite favorite. Kill, that was also my my pick for favorite kill. Yep. That one. Was that, that was a great right. kill. Um, and 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 I and I, did, I I will say I did enjoy the kind of twist ending there. That was uh Yeah, they worked hard for the fun. twist ending. Yeah. Whether or not it like completely sold is another question, but like they, they definitely worked hard to get that twist ending in there. They yeah, they turn you around like three times. Yeah, like mm -hmm. they're they're like, but is it this person though? Yeah. But is it that person though? So I enjoyed that aspect. I didn't as much like the characters, they were all just kinda 
annoying. They're pretty generic. But I think that's kind of the point. Yeah, they're pretty generic. Except for Denise Richards, I enjoyed her. Denise Richards, <laughs> I mean, Denise Richards is just a lot of fun. Because yeah. the thing, the thing I loved about Denise Richards in this movie is that, like, they they basically all are just like stereotypical, like one note characters, yeah. and they're aware of this because they even identify themselves as such. And Denise Richards' character was the slutty one. And I, I did love the whole, uh, like, yeah, wax it. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Paige, it's a funeral. Get it together. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but the great thing about it is that, like, she's well-established as the slutty one. She's apparently very comfortable with being the slutty one. And yet, at every step of the way, anytime she's about to, like, have sex with a, with a guy who's basically just a douchebag, and just thinks of her as the slutty one, she completely fucks them over and turns mm. them down. Like, that was amazing. Where she's like, yeah, I'm I'm the slutty one, but, like, I respect myself, and you should too. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, that's so great. But, uh, yeah, uh, that, that was my overall thought. on Like, it, enjoyable twists, a little bit generic, but, like, a, a fun... Slasher movie. Just, yeah, sure. generic kind of sli- 80s slasher movie. What yeah. About, what about you now? Well, this was 2000, oh. wasn't it? Yeah, this, it was, but, like, it's got the vibe of an 80s slasher through and yeah. through. Like, comparative, comparative, like, because this came out, like, kind of at the tail end of, like, the slasher craze of the mid to late 90s into the 2000s, mm. where Scream had come out and suddenly everything was, like, a meta slasher. And everything, and it was less a slasher and more a murder mystery. And to me, Valentine is a very strange hybrid between the two because, on the one hand, it's got like kind of the aesthetic of a post slasher or post scream slasher movie, and it's kind of got a bit of the whodunit angle of it. But at its at its core, it's just straight up a an eighty slasher throwback. Like that's yeah. all it is. Um, but. Uh... Yeah, that's that's my overall thoughts on it. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Neff? So I honestly thought it was actually it was an enjoyable slasher, and you know me. I'm yeah, you slashers. hate slashers. Yeah, this was just a lot of fun. And um, first of all, my first notice is anybody else notice that Dwight Schrute was kind of a bit of a loser in middle school. Mm. Dwight Schrute. Yeah, the, when he was in middle school, he's got those big nerdy glasses. Oh, he, he looked like Dwight Schrute. Dwight Schrute. <laughs> he he did. Like Dwight Schrute. I didn't put that together, but yeah. Yeah, it's like a baby Dwight Schrute. I'm just like, oh, poor Dwight. You're just you have to <laughs> yet. That's he, all. he hasn't inherited the beet farm yet. <laughs> no, he hasn't. And like, just all of it was. First of all, the opening was creepy as fuck. Like. That I was expecting more because of the opening, that creepy ass piano music with the with the heartbeat, mm-hmm. and then the feminine giggles, and that the way it was mixed, I was like, oh, we're in for a good creepy slasher. All right, I'm I'm ready, and it kind of like it set a really good tone, and then it just it kind of kind of let me down a little bit based on the opening because mm-hmm. the opening made it seem like it was really like a lot creepier than it actually was. Yeah. Um, all I know is I need those Valentine Day cards. Those the val- were really good. Those were <laughs> really Valentine inventive. Um, like, I loved them. They were fantastic. So, 
I just, ah, there was, there was a lot of things about it. Like, I think the only thing I can honestly do is literally go through like the last few things because of, of my notes. Um, by the way, which page getting killed in the hot tub, best kill for me. Yeah. Um, but so, um, I seriously believe Adam was baby faced for a moment there. Not sure how surprising Dorothy being baby faced was. We'll have to discuss with others. Wait, what? So Adam was baby faced because of the bloody nose? Then why was Dorothy in the suit? And why did she attack Kate? <laughs> this is a surprising ending. And it left me guessing the entire time. <laughs> Damn bloody nose. Uh, I kept thinking, do they have anime erections? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. That's basically what it was. And I, I, I honestly can't remember if this was in a time before that was like a trope of like yeah. anime erections like i don't know enough about anime to know whether or not that was what was that that was early 2000s yeah that 2001 an anime yeah that would have been an anime trope by then because okay well yeah <laughs> that the, works anime started back in the late 70s well i know um, anime more, has yeah. been around since that i yeah. mean that specific trope of getting the nosebleed yeah. when your penis is hard um, and then, I don't know when that trope came about. Right. And then, like, 90s, like, mid-90s is when um, it may not have been big enough. I don't know how much it influenced this movie, just simply because, like, anime didn't really become all that big until, like, I think the 90s. So I don't know how much it actually affected this movie and if whether or not okay. the people who made it and wrote the script and whatnot. My, but my last stop. Midas, Midas is saying it's been a symbolic orgasm since the 80s, at least. Fair enough. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but my last thing is, is did anybody happen to, even if you just saw the trailer, you remember the rat mask from Happy Death Day? Not really. <laughs> so it's, a baby, it's, it's the mask that's in this movie. So Happy Death Day stole his mask. I'm pretty sure. I mean, they stole the whole premise from Groundhog Day, so. I mean, that too, but... <laughs> I've heard it's a very fun movie, but I'm just like, yeah. it's Groundhog Day, but it's a slasher movie, which Basically, I yeah. which I should think is really cool, but like I actually am annoyed by this for some reason. <laughs> right. But this movie, well, I'll let Fish go and then I'll go through because I got I got a lot of notes, <laughs> and I, I don't want to hit every single one of them, but I want to kind of get the broad strokes. But Fish, <laughs> what did you think of Valentine? <laughs> I fucking hated it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so beginning, Mail Carrie, Jason needs to stop talking in third person. Man-sized Babby. Um, to me, the characters were so damn generic and the storyline was so predictable that, yeah, it was a nod to old 80s slasher movies mm -hmm. it was a it was it did have the murder mystery in it because there were parts where i was like is this dave boreanaz is this uh the other like who who the hell is the killer mm -hmm. but they should have left it to the 80s i think the 80s are a little <laughs> bit insulted um girlfriend who plopped her head in a damn toilet bowl girl you're going <laughs> to medical school yeah you should know better. no 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 no, no. well in in <laughs> in her defense the tank in the back in her defense that was not the one going to medical school that was katherine heigl were they not was... all in school together for medical stuff no no i think only katherine heigl make that clear <laughs> 
I don't know what she was doing. I don't know what um, Kate was up to. Because it seemed to me they were all going to medical school, but for different reasons, and they knew each other through school from younger age. And, like, no. even in, like, if you're going into a different branch of medical school, you still got to go through biology, and biology tells you don't stick your damn head in the toilet. Is that um, the purpose of that class? That seems... <laughs> No, the purpose of the class is mitochondria is the power of the cell, but <laughs> bacterial cells, they have mitochondria too. Um, there's a lot of angry storming off. <laughs> like, like, women just talking along the way. Um, I, think, I think Angel was like the best about the whole thing. Uh, every action I thought was so such an exaggerated way to convey the fight against male oppression. It was definitely a female-driven movie. Right. Um, and the females were all, oh, men are scum. All they want to do is fuck you. And, and But at the same time, their their main driving force in that, that movie, every single one of them, is to get a boyfriend and get laid. <laughs> like, come on, ladies. You're all successful women. Let's let's get this going here. You don't need yeah. your short that was yeah. that was the most baffling. like like these this uh, group of like actually like gorgeous, smart, like you know, put together women can't find a fucking date. <laughs> what? Right. And I don't know. Like, I mean, I get like the whole like. Okay, so David's character was supposed to be an alcoholic, and everybody, you know, talks shit to the girl about him. And but he was really freaking trying, man. He was trying <laughs> to be a good dude. I was like, come on. <laughs> And then he fucked it all up at the end, but, and then when he came out acting like you were trying to be convinced that he was the killer, even then I'm like, it's not him. Is mm -hmm. it him? Or more than one person getting nosebleeds here? I don't think that mask will fit David's big ass. Because, <laughs> um, <laughs> again, giant Bobby. <laughs> now, I do have a, I do have a theory on the, uh, why did the, like girl have the thing and attack her. I went back and rewatched it. It it looks like it could be a thing to where she got that thing put on her. She woke up confused and then she just kind of ran because then they she tackles her, falls down the stairs, and immediately gets shot. There's not a chance for any kind of explanation or anything. It's just bang, bang, bang. Mm -hmm. Oh wow, she was the killer. Crazy. <laughs> at the same, I feel I feel like I would have at least. If I was in that situation and I wasn't gagged, I would at least be like screaming indecipherably and being like, what yeah. the fuck is going on? Why am I in this stupid baby mask? What the fuck? I, it's not I Saturday think... night. <laughs> or was it? <laughs> or no, was it? Oh, wait, is it Saturday? <laughs> I think my favorite character throughout the whole thing was a girl um, who came in who I don't even know who the hell she was, but she came in and then she snuck back in and she was going through this shit. And then oh, the, the, the yeah, the bitchy, um, jilted um, Mark yes. of, of what the fuck was his name? Not, and if it not hadn't Chad. Been, Chad was the name of the uh, corpse. I don't know his name. <laughs> if it hadn't been for the kill, the kill that I really felt vindicated on in Dead Girl... Um, that would have been my favorite kill because that was a just good kill. Right yeah. onto glass, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> oh yeah, that, that was that was a very good kill. But predictable from beginning to end, and like I said, the '80s did it much better. And 
Well, that's my take on Valentine's Day. <laughs> some of the I 80s did it. <laughs> some of the 80s did it much better. There are a lot of slashers from the 80s that oh, were yeah. are on po- on par or worse than this one in my opinion. <laughs> For sure. But this but... one I mean, this one for me, it's it's weird cuz like this is one of those movies where I remember seeing it initially and not really thinking that much of it. But for some reason, like it was it was a period of time where I still had access to cable and like movie channels and it was on like whatever movie channel like all the fucking time. And for some reason, most of the time when it was on, I would just leave it on. <laughs> so I've seen this movie probably far more times than I'm even aware of because it was just always on. And I feel like there's got to be some reason behind that. I think it's just like it's it's not a particularly good movie, but like it's got that kind of campy cheese from an 80s slasher, which I think just resonated with me on some level. I mean, so the movie is incredibly dated. Like it's hilariously dated at this point, even from from the very start with the uh, the Warner Brothers logo tinted red. Like, oh my god, is that so early two thousands? Video dating, speed dating, like every single like like pretentious bullshit art house exhibit. <laughs> that's just like actually the worst garbage ever. Like all of that was just so early two thousands. Let's see. I will say the the casting for in the opening flashback, young Denise Richards, mm-hmm. like that was some amazing casting because that looked like a fourteen year old Denise Richards. Like I don't know if that's her yeah. little sister or whatever, but like it looked just like her, only like way younger. I also made the same comment. Yeah, the the opening scene is a gender swap version of Carrie's prom, only without the pyrotechnic finish. Um, it had to be an homage because. There's it no had to be. It, it absolutely. I, I feel like it absolutely was. I made them. I made the mention that there's there should be a spinoff movie of Jason being a creepy bastard. But <laughs> but I was also curious. I was like, is it was Jason? Was he a reference to Jason Voorhees or Jason Bateman? From uh, or no, never mind. Jason Bateman is a completely. That's an actor. I was think. I was thinking of Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. Because he was giving me a real hard, like, kind of almost parody of Patrick Bateman vibe. The the talking in the third person and just the way he was just incredibly creepy. Um, that smile. Uh, yeah, that smile. Punch it right off his face, just like, yeah. Jason. <laughs> there, there is a timely joke somewhere about Catherine Heigl blowing off creepy Jason to go spend time with Chad. The corpse that she's autopsying, but I'm not intelligent enough or political enough to make it. But that opening scene, well, not the opening scene, but the scene with Katherine Heigl, like, that is where the movie, I think, takes the most inspiration from Scream. Because Katherine Heigl was a known entity at that point. And they cast her in this movie, and she's only there in the opening scene to be that first kill. So, but they set her up as being, like, a main character. Um, and they even set it up where it's just like, oh, she might, she fights back. She, you know, she's clever. She might get away. And then, nope, she's just fucking dead. Which at that point, by the time it came out, wasn't particularly surprising. Because, like, a lot of other, probably the, the Scream sequels had all done that. And then probably a few of the other Scream. The parodies. Yeah, Scream-based slasher movies had done that as well. 
the one thing I, I did notice, wait, um, I'm skimming through my notes. I made a, I made way too many notes. I almost went beat for beat with this, this movie. <laughs> so I'm just trying to skim through and get the good stuff. There's Angel hanging out in a graveyard, hitting on a tra- on an attractive <laughs> blonde girl again. There, we had that. We had that reference. Uh, coming this fall to NBC, the new reality show sweeping the nation. Mail order brides from hell. <laughs> I thought that was I thought that was a hilarious little line. The mail order bride from hell. Scary Gary, what the fuck? Yeah, her creepy weird neighbor. Oh yeah. Oh man. What the fuck was even that guy all about? Yeah, I did say this movie went to great lengths to force Marley Shelton to shove her head in a toilet willingly. Like, that was just such a weird... Like, why is that there? Why is that scene there, uh, if not to just get her to shove her head in a toilet? She has so much soap in her hair. If you shower, your hair, that soap comes out. You do not need to put your damn soap in the toilet. (laughs) Like, it was... Like, it's... It's even more absurd just because, like, there was no other reason for that scene other than, like, her her landlord's kind of a dick and she lives in a shitty apartment. Like, that's the whole, like, point of that scene. And I feel like there are many other easier ways to to express that without making her shove her head in the toilet. But at the same time, I kind of love that they made her shove her head in the toilet. That was pretty... I mean, I've never seen that in a movie before. It was pretty funny. I mean, you know the whole reason (laughs) that they did that, right? It was so that they could do the classic horror movie towel. Mmm. Oh, did she have the magic towel on at that point? Mm-hmm. She okay. did have the magic towel. Well, she on didn't at get she didn't get chased up and down the stairs and like fall off a roof, and the towel was like bulletproof or anything like that. So it was if that was a magic towel reference, it was a weak magic towel reference. Well, it was a weak magic towel reference, but it was a magic magic towel reference. Mm-hmm. There's always got to be at least one magic towel instance. Let's see. Um, I did. I did wonder what the logistics of making an entire box of chocolates with maggots inside the chocolates, living maggots inside That's the chocolates. Like, what is the logistics of that? Like, how do you even do that? Like, where do you go to school to learn how to do that? Like, uh, you can't because the way. Well, actually, no. Technically, you kind of could because when you make chocolate, okay, you 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 bring it to a certain heat level because there's a certain way, like it depends on how luscious you want your chocolate to be. And what there's a lot of science that goes into making chocolate. Mm-hmm. So, um, when I know you- I've seen the movie shock a lot starring Yanni oh, Depp. So um, <laughs> but- it actually wasn't bad. It was, I actually kind of enjoyed it. <laughs> but when you, when you make chocolate and you're pouring it in, um, sometimes it can be as cool as like room temperature and in all honesty and like what maggots can sit in, Mm-hmm. That, that's perfectly reasonable. Like they could Fair probably. Enough. It's just it's a it's it. I made the note. It's top tier slasher freakout techniques. Like I don't know of another slasher who's gone to that lengths the, the lengths that this guy had did. Yeah. To, to to fuck with his victims, like even at the even in the opening scene, which I think even though it's like kind of predictable at this point, like oh yeah, she's Catherine Heigl's fucking toast. The way that they set it up is like I I still think the way they set it up is really good and it expresses just how committed and experienced he is in being a slasher killer because like he he either waits for her classmate to make a noise to lure her out of the room and then moves a cadaver into a closet 
strips down, hides under the sheet on the gurney, just to freak her out. That's the mm-hmm. whole point. Just to mind oh. fuck her. And then, and then he gets dre- fully dressed again with his mask on to then pursue her at the, at the speed walk pace of, of a traditional 80s slasher. Like, that is, like, from, from just the aspect of the slasher killer motif, Michael Myers is looking at that scene and is envious. Because it's, it's the Michael Myers game, only it's on a whole other level of professionalism. Right. Uh, and the same thing with the, the chocolates with the maggots in them. Like, that's just, like, insanely, insane dedication mm-hmm. um, to, to work that out. I think that was probably why, a big part of the reason why, while Valentine, like, yeah, it's a generic slasher. It's not really offering that much new to the genre or anything like that. It, it follows the basic beats. Um, and, and there's not a whole lot of standout moments to it or anything like that like the characters are all like one note stereotypes um the twists and turns are like a little mind bendy but not that much especially not upon repeated viewings um i feel like more and more questions come up with like the the way they're trying to set this up and fake you out especially with um what was it dorothy being set up as the fake out killer and it's like, well, that doesn't make any goddamn sense because no. Dorothy and Kate were were together at the party looking for Paige when Paige was getting killed. So Listen, logistically, it, it makes no me. sense. Well, during the during the initial watch through, everything's happening so fast that like reasonably you could like miss that and not think of it. But upon repeated yeah. viewings, it's like this doesn't hold up at all. It's really yeah. obvious that that. She's not the killer from the very beginning. Um, but there's it's still got some charm to it. And I think it's just like, just how amazingly proficient he is as a slasher killer. Like, blows my mind. And it's still, it pushes that envelope of like, th- like this is just like movie magic or movie physics. Like, there's no way anyone, he's, he's cheating because it's scripted that way. It all mm-hmm. it it rubs right up against that line without going over it to make it like at least reasonably plausible, but it requires him to have done a lot of fucking setup and a lot of training, um, which is kind of hobby. wacky. Yeah, he, he should probably get a better better uh, hobby. Fishing, maybe. Um, <laughs> he'd be good at fishing. He's right? he's, a, he's a patient Making man. And he's got the. Uh, <laughs> I put down the killer has apparently gone to the Oliver Queen School of Archery to prepare for this slaughter. The commitment to varied skill bases is impressive. <laughs> Second kill. Shot through the heart. <laughs> I mean, I'm... <laughs> I made I made the mention of are you really surprised your sleazy pretentious deep artist arranged a threesome without telling you? <laughs> like everything about that guy said he would do that to me. Right. Um award for creepiest fucking art exhibit of all time. Cuz that that art exhibit was just horrifying. It was. Um uh, trying to go through these faster. Internet investment scams, that's another early 2000s dating yeah. thing remember when that was a thing 
Um, oh, I did say the thought of Angel slipping on his girlfriend's panties and dancing around in an apartment alone is an image that needed to be seen and not just talked about, and fuck this movie for not delivering. <laughs> <laughs> like, we needed that scene. It was important to the plot. Uh, the cop reminded me, he was trying very hard to be Woody Harrelson, I thought. Uh, and I recognize him, I just don't know where from. He, he kind of looks like Woody Harrelson. <laughs> mm. I mean, yeah, but that's not... I've seen him before. Um, It's possible. I, I don't know. I didn't look up what else he, he had been in. Uh, Marley Shelton leaving her iron on all the fucking time. Even when she's completely out of the apartment mm-hmm. and gone for hours. She's going to burn the apartment building down. Thank God for she Scary Gary coming in. Stick it in the toilet. Yeah, <laughs> along with her head. She's actually, oh yeah, when she comes home after Scary Gary dies and finds her her iron isn't on, she's actually surprised by it. Like she, so so she intentionally turned her iron on and then fucking left. To the point that when she comes back, she's like, wait a minute, I left this on, I wanted to burn the building down, what the fuck? She leaves her oven on all the time, too, because she doesn't have the patience to preheat. Yeah. Oh, he was in Supernatural. That's where I know him from. Oh, okay. Um, it's a it's a blink and you'll miss it shot, but like right around the time when the party is winding down, you see a security guard wandering by. Um, to which I, I have only one thing to say. There was security at that party where everyone is getting killed. Where the fuck were you, security? You had one fucking job. <laughs> Like, there was security at that party, and he still managed to get around them. That's fucking nuts. But yeah, it's... I, I said a lot of other stuff, but I'll just skim back, uh, past it. But yeah, Valentine, it's it's a weird one, just because, again, it feel, it's, it's a slasher movie that came out post-Scream, but before kind of the resurgence of 80s nostalgia, where suddenly people wanted 80s slasher throwbacks. So, like, yeah. it was not well-liked. Like, it made money. Um, uh, it had a budget of $29 million. It earned back $37 million. So it made money, which should guarantee it a sequel. But, like, this movie's never had a sequel. Not even a direct-to-video sequel, which is, which is wacky because, like, American Psycho has a sequel. Um, it shouldn't. It's not good. But it has a sequel. <laughs> So it's it's just very strange that, like, how... I mean, I can get why it's disliked. Because, again, it doesn't add a lot new to it. But as an 80s throwback slasher, it's kind... It's... it's I think it's fun, and it's got a little bit of charm. Yeah. Um, And just, I, I gotta respect David Boreanaz as, as Cupid Killer. Because, like, oh my god, like... If this movie came out in the 80s, he would be a top-tier level slasher. Just with the the commitment to his job that he has. Uh, Right, this is the one I watched on Tubi. Oh wait, no, 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 this is the one I watched on Vudu. So I had commercials. And I had to watch a hell of a lot of commercials. So I have commercial notes. Um, which I, which I will run through very quickly and then we can move on to dead girl. Uh, so having to watch James Corden, Sheila Keurig over and over is starting to give me Midas levels of distaste for him. And what the fuck is a carafe? 
It's apparently some kind of coffee that this Keurig machine makes. But I, I've oh, never it, heard of what it, the fuck like a carafe is. or whatever. He I called it carafe. Oh, carafe. I think it's just like their specialty coffee. Okay, fair enough. I think. I don't fucking know, man. I just use a regular-ass coffee maker. I mean, I was... I was... I don't know what it was. I had to hear the word, like, 20 times. And at this point, like, I don't... Like, I had to ask the question, but I don't think I actually care. (laughs) About the answer. Um, 21 Bridges, a.k.a. Black Panther in Brooklyn. Which is the only thing I could get from the 30-second or less ad that they kept playing for it. Like, it looked cool, but I'm just like, it's just Black Panther in Brooklyn. Um, Capital One's talking head looks like he could be one of the red herring killers in this fucking movie. Because whoever the spokesperson they have for Capital One is right now, like, he looks like one of the, the douchebag red herring killers from Valentine. It was, it was <laughs> freaking me out. Oh, Shaq, why are you shilling for an insurance company? Shaquille O'Neal is now shilling the for general? the general. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then I got the uh, the Mountain Dew Zero Sugar commercial that is the parody of The Shining, and it's my God, is it cheesy? But I I I have a soft spot for blatant horror references in pop culture and commercials, and on top of that, Brian Cranston dressed up as the creep, creepy twin girls is just an image <laughs> that needed to be seen. <laughs> I love oh. that man. A carafe is a glass container without handles used for serving wine and other drinks. Unlike the related decanter, carafes do not include stoppers. Coffee pots included in coffee makers are also referred to as carafes in the American English. Well, that doesn't answer. I mean, that kind of answers my question, but I still don't understand it based on the context of the commercial. And yeah. I and I think it's I, just basically a coffee pot. I think I care even less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, just get a regular, regular-ass coffee. Please. Yeah, just, right. just give me it, coffee, please. Like, shut up and give me coffee. <laughs> like, the whole point of you, Keurig, is just to put my cup there and give me a freaking cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like Keurigs. I, I own a Keurig. I've owned one for many years, and it's served me well. <laughs> but I, I don't need to watch their commercials ever mm-hmm. again. Anyway, enough about soul-crushing materialism and um, just hating the world. Let's talk about Dead Girl. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Kettle's face is the best. (laughs) Fuck me. That movie was something else. Mm -hmm. It's it's one of those I don't know what I expected going into it, mm-hmm. but a extended rape fest of a zombie was not exactly what I was expecting. You never right. expect the extended rape fest of a zombie. Um, you should, but you never do. That being said, for as as uncomfortable as it made me, I do think it was still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh. It's it was it's really just one of those like. First of all, everybody in there they're like, "Oh, I'm 17." It's like, dude, you're 27. <laughs> like nobody in that movie looks age appropriate. Which makes it extra weird. They're supposed to be in high school and like yeah. fucking this girl. Like, yeah. What the hell? Uh. And also the uh, the one jock guy like putting his ding dong near the mouth. It's like, bro. <laughs> no. This is just a bad idea. 
No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. But uh, I did like the again kind of twist at the end of this one where uh, he tells his or he like he tells his crush like oh it's gonna be everything okay you know oh I love you just like good yeah, grow up and he's like well time to turn you into a fucking zombie that I'm gonna rape forever. <laughs> uh, yep. So it's. <laughs> And it's 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 a shame because throughout the whole movie, I'm like, he's the one person with a modicum of fucking decency, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, okay, well, can't win them all. <laughs> um, so that that's more or less my thoughts. Also, the just the acting of Dead Girl, like especially when they did the, the like the like like close up shit. Ooh. Especially oh yeah, she honey. was she was horrifying. Um. And it's also, I mean, it's like, you just feel bad for even, it's, it's, I don't know, it's just, ugh, it just makes you feel, ugh. Yeah, oh yeah, it's definitely that type of movie. Um, especially with those, the guys just so nonchalantly being like, yeah man, you can just hit that right after I do, just, you know, all that splooge in there, who cares, like, ugh. (laughs) Guys. (laughs) Stop, you guys. Yeah. Stop, you're gonna get in trouble. (laughs) And then I kind of like alcoholic stepdad. Uh, <laughs> he was like one of two actually decent people in that movie. Because it's one of those like he's got his own problems, but he doesn't seem like overtly bad. Yeah, he doesn't really understand his kid, and it, is also kind of like the old school like, well, yeah, just fight back, don't be a pussy. Like, yeah, it made me so happy that they didn't do the traditional trope of the alcoholic stepfather, where he's. He would have been like an actual scumbag and yeah, he would be beating Ricky and like he would just be absolute scum. As it turns out, like the alcoholic stepfather is like probably one of the most decent people in the movie. Yeah, Yeah, because his problem just affects him and it doesn't seem, I mean, mean, he has trouble paying his rent as it says, but like he doesn't seem like an overall awful guy. He just seems like he's got his problems. Yeah, he's got issues, but he seems like a decent guy. But uh, yeah, that's my overall thoughts on it. Like, it's it's a good movie. I, it's one I don't think I would watch again, mm-hmm. just because it's like you know, it's a hard I don't set need to see that again. Yeah, it's a hard uh, set. So yeah, I mean, I, I I enjoyed it for what it was. I but oof, <laughs> I give it a out of and <laughs> whatever that is. But yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's my thoughts on Dead Girl. No. Uh, yeah, so after I watched this movie, I sat there for quite some time feeling like I wanted to cry. And it wasn't because of the rape scenes, though those were very, very uncomfortable. Mm. Um, it was more to do with it. Just it, it made it just took all the worst parts of society and made it evident. And it just kind of like, you know, there are moments where you're like, ah, I just, this just, just proves my, my belief in humanity and humanity is dead. No, this movie really made feels. And like, I was sitting there just like looking at Boone cause he came out after he was done working and he just was like, what's up? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I just don't feel okay. Like I feel She's like, I, I just finished dirty. that girl. And I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> and like you know and, and just like kettle like it, it ricky was supposed to be the morally upstanding guy or at least that's how they painted him for he was the it. chosen one yeah. <laughs> and, and you were supposed to be balanced to the first ricky 
And then, like, instead, Gary Busey's stepdad, <laughs> you know, fucking ends up being the most morally okay character as well as, um, uh, what is her name? Uh, the, the girl, girl he was stalking. Joanne, Joanne. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she Joanne, was decent, too. Like, she was... Yeah. She was legitimately trying. Like, she was just... Like, I didn't see any issues with her. And it just... It, it, it was It was horrible. Um, it was, it was an, an awesomely awful movie <laughs> in the sense that it was beautifully done. Um, the main zombie woman was creepy as fuck. Her teeth mm-hmm. bugged me. Um, they were just like, I don't know what it was. They looked like little evil chicklets. I didn't <laughs> like them. And, you know, she just, that smile she would get, it was creepy, mm-hmm. but it just, it's, it's a very... Mm, like and JT, JT <laughs> is that character that you love to fucking hate. Like mm. he is the ultimate scum lord, worst person ever. And when he, like, I think you brought it up, but the scene where he's sitting in the chair and his like fucking underwear and the robe oh yeah, he's got he's got the robe and his cigarette. underwear and he's smoking a cigarette. I'm like the immediate cut. Old, I basically just live here. Now. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's okay. like. And he's just, he's just like the master pimp. I'm just like, I fucking hate everything that you are, but at the same time, like, oh my God, can I have more of you please in a fictional context? (laughs) But like, it's just basically a giant commentary, whether or not the film intended it or not, of like, just honestly, like the reality of the world, you know, only it, it involved the zombie. You know, you've got these kids that feel that they can do anything they want because the school doesn't fucking care. Their kids, their parents don't fucking care and none of society cares. And these are the kids that are a majority, like, that are at that poverty level. Like, as JT says in the movie, you know, he's like, when he's talking to the guy, when he's like, oh, go ahead, try and report us. You're going to go to jail and you're going to lose your scholarships and your football Mm. things and all this. And he goes, and what what are we going to miss? couple of child support payments a couple of divorces and some uh shifts at the gas station no Mm. this is as good as we're gonna get and that's just that's almost more fucked up than the entire movie the reality of like that just being shoved in your face and in all honesty it's kind of an undertone like they don't it's stated but it's not the the stuff surrounding that's kind of the crux of the like there's a lot of horrifying things that happen but like that's kind of the crux of where the horror manifests mm-hmm. where it's just like this is where they are and this is the best they can see for themselves so they're just going to be terrible yeah because like, fuck it why wouldn't we and at the end of the day i don't think it's so much that that even jt is the monster um, or even the zombie girl. It's it's fucking society, and that's the part that like legitimately made me want to cry because I've experienced it. I've experienced society just not making it easy for somebody who doesn't have all, everything handed to them. So you're just like, oh, this this hit harder than you thought when you stopped to analyze the film. Mm. And like, I didn't actually cry for the record, but I felt it. Like, you know, that that feeling where you're like, I need to cry, but my body doesn't want to let me. <laughs> but no, I mean, it was a good film. I, I would watch it again to show it to other people because I feel that it is a film that it 
it needs to be watched. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, you know, even if you were to like fast forward through sexy scenes, like whatever, um, it, it, I think it's a message that needs to be watched. It's a film that was incredibly done and very awkward. <laughs> <laughs> All right, rant done. I'm sorry. <laughs> mm, fish? So, um, not to get too deep into politics and the way our government, right? Yeah, but one of the biggest things that I've always noticed, and again, I love true crime. Yeah. Um, I love psychotic, actual psychotic, like serial killers, things like that. But one of the biggest comments uh, that this movie touched on, also leading into what Neff said or twisting into what Neff said, is that like. Mental health for this country has mm-hmm. not been taken care of. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Asylums were always a place for experimentation, abuse. Um, and that's what didn't suspend, my, well, suspended my reality in this because it was like, okay, you're, you're showing the product of that kind of abuse and it became a zombie and you went through a. Um, prisons taking up mental people, dropping them off in the street. Like, mm-hmm. it it made that society the way it is because you're just unleashing somebody who's not. Um, so, where that came in with the asylum, that's where I was really like, oh, this is a good movie. Um, JT reminded me of both Buffalo Bill and Mason Verger put together, and he looks like the guy who plays Buffalo Bill, whose name I can't remember. Uh, Ted Levine. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. He he looks like him. I little actually bit. had to look it up to see if bit. it was him. No, no. <laughs> Ted, Ted Levine looks much different now. Or related. Yeah. Um, but his character was so constructed to make you hate him. And oh, yeah. Love, like you said, the fictional, like I wanted more like can we keep we can keep her what are you eight um <laughs> i thought i think he was in here's the thing i think he was in love with ricky hear me out on this okay it was more than a bro bromance he yeah. wanted ricky but he wasn't going to express that because oh god that makes you gay um yeah. so he over elaborated his his attraction to this woman that he could do anything he wanted to at whatever point Time, that made him hot shit and he wanted to include his best friend mm-hmm. and when his best friend backed off on it he was trying to make his best friend jealous by telling other oh well, mm. I'm, I'm gonna tell other people about this i'm gonna make it a profit i'm gonna make it profitable so that it's attractive to you um because we are in a society that we're probably never ever gonna get out of and if we're gonna go live like this let's make money off of it and do whatever the hell we want to do with the kings um so, uh, the one thing, and correct me if I'm wrong, there weren't a lot of set action scenes in this. There was not, a lot of not many. Um, yeah, I've got, I've got it, scene. I've got it, I've got it listed, uh, three or three sex scenes. Three. Okay. Yeah. Cause I mean, the actual like penetration, I yeah. only saw one scene of that. And I think the other kid was, uh, the, the friend with the scully cap on. Um, Wheeler. Wheeler, thank yeah. you. Um, he, the, him doing that, and yeah, if there had been more of that, might have made 
because she was a trapped animal yeah. and she was wild and it was so against her new nature to be locked up like that that scene of her running naked wild and free i was like go zombie girl go <laughs> um let's see my favorite kill was jt because i thought it was vindicated I fucking thank god he's dying right. um i love the part where he's lying there bit and and starting to turn and he's just like don't tell my grandma okay <laughs> like that that we finally get we finally get that moment of weakness and humanity from him where like at the end he's just a scared kid that doesn't want his grandma to know the terrible things that he's done like it humanizes right. him just that smidge where it's like he's not just like this like stereotypical scumbag character he is just actually a human being which makes everything he's done even more horrifying mm -hmm. um of course when the dog jumped up on which I don't know what the fucking point of that dog was, that mangy dog, but um, when he jumped up on the table all barking and shit, I was like, Simon? What <laughs> 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 um, what was my line here? Well, you sure picked up a ship port time to man up. <laughs> um, and then at the end, I was in the same boat. I fucking serious he kept her anyway after all that shit he went and kept her yeah mm -hmm. you're idolizing her but god damn you <laughs> <laughs> yep um uh, i loved it i did i, I thought it yeah. was a good movie i'd watch it again yeah no this was my second watch through of it and i feel like this watch through was a lot probably of a it was probably a harder sit but i still enjoyed it just as much as when i initially saw it um but yeah like <laughs> pretty a lot of the same stuff you guys have said like with jt and just like the the remarks on society and all uh, you know why can i suddenly not speak the remarks on society as a whole um that and all that shit um i made the remark um this movie is like what if the naked dead girl in river's edge was a zombie and all the high school kids wandered into banger because it's got it's if you've seen river's edge like this movie feels almost like spiritually connected to river's edge because it had a lot of the same elements of um um youth not knowing right from wrong not knowing their place in society where their lives are going uh and making decisions based on that and like the loyalty of like what you do and don't do for your friends and not wanting to betray that loyalty um it's very similar to river's edge only in this one the dead naked girl is a zombie and everybody wants to go fuck her um I made the point of, like, it feels absolutely wrong to say I like JT, because JT's a scumbag of the highest order, so I think the performance was amazing. Like, I love that actor. I've seen him in a couple of other things, too. Um, and I just, I really like that that actor. Um, He's got a very striking face. He so does. A very angular, like... He, he, he's got the face perfectly designed to play the type of character that JT is. 
Uh, JT's clearly psychotic and probably has been for a while. Ricky's clearly the type of character who's easily pushed over and manipulated and stuff. He really should know better than to do. Um, I mentioned that, like, the only thing that I found that was kind of hard to believe, like, why he was struggling, why Ricky was struggling so hard to turn JT in, is the fact that we never see the build-up to that. Like, we never see a point in the relationship where, like, they actually... Where JT's not just, like, a complete scumbag to him. Um, we just we just have to accept that, like, yeah, they've been friends since they were kids. And uh, they do care about each other on some level. Even though, from as soon as... From everything we see in the movie, JT has just been an asshole his entire life. And has treated Ricky like shit his entire life. And Ricky has no real incentive not to immediately turn him in. Especially when he's like, yo, this is wrong. We shouldn't do this. And JT's like, fuck off. I'm going to do it anyway. Um, like, at that point, like, yeah, you should just call the fucking cops. Like, okay, yeah, she's a zombie. All right, that complicates things a little bit. But, like, you're not qualified to handle this. <laughs> call, call the authorities, you dumb bastard. Um... I did ask the question if, uh, do wet dreams count for the sex counter? I'm asking for Ricky. <laughs> um, I thought the casting of dead, the dead girl was, was spot on. Um, she had, she, she was so like, even though she's a zombie and she's got all the muck on her, everything like that, she was still beautiful in a very mm-hmm. bizarre, unnatural and terrifying kind of way, which kind of fit perfectly for, that character she um, was exotic yeah and it and was it, it kind of and it also kind of reminded me of uh the autopsy of jane doe which also features a, a significant role of a young woman basically lying on a table completely naked the entire time and yet still managing to be incredibly intimidating and incredibly scary um in jane doe it's just a corpse but in this one like she's alive and she's a zombie and everything like that so she had a little bit more range to do to do stuff with but even then the fact that she spends the majority of the movie tied up and she still manages to be incredibly intimidating and scary i thought was Mm -hmm. very impressive and spoke to the um the quality of the performance um see this movie could also be called ricky the coward or ricky the idiot or ricky do something you stupid fuck <laughs> and oh, then ricky, of... just stand up for yourself dude <laughs> come on and then of course we have wound fucking because sure oh, why not God. that sounds like a great idea why wouldn't you stick something in the bullet hole and <laughs> his lube, you yeah, yeah, that's that's probably yeah. the point of the movie where it's just like, fucking seriously, come on, man. Yeah. Stop this. You're um, gonna get gross. I, wa- I was glad that Ricky wasn't too stressed out by his psychotic friends banging a zombie in an abandoned hospital to slack on his creepy stalking of the pretty girl he liked. You know, he's got to keep his priorities in check. Yeah. Um, I said... I um, we were dating in secret. Because that scene where they're together, where she's like, you know, I can't see you anymore. I just thought that was her giving him the casual brush off of like, dude, stop staring at me. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I buy, like, I don't buy that as much as I buy your theory that JT was actually gay for Ricky. And he, would, and he would never, and he would never admit. That actually it makes a, like they that makes a, he, oh, they may, well, they knew each other when they were younger. So, like, they might yeah. have had, like, a, like, a grade school, like, she was basically you're my like, boyfriend. I'm a boyfriend, so yeah. you can't be doing this anymore. I mean, if that was an element, then the movie failed to, like, mm-hmm. make that a fact. Because every single time we see them together, it's Ricky creepily staring at her from a distance or doing other creepy stalker things. Mm. Uh, there's never a moment real. Like, even when the couple of times they're together and having a conversation, she's mostly just like, why are you fucking weird? Um, there's never a moment where they're just like, like they're meeting in secret to like make out or anything like that. Like if that was in there, I'd be like, yeah. But since it's not like, I, I think Ricky was just like, he was smitten with her from a, from a young age. Maybe they were like, you're my boyfriend now, like in sixth grade or something or like fifth grade or whatever for like a week. Uh, and he never got over it. Like I'd buy that, but I don't think they were having secret rendezvous, romantic rendezvous. Um, I know that the the bully jocks they were supposed to be you know the typical villainous bully jocks, but at the same time when they got around to beating the shit out of Ricky, I was like this this beating is one hundred percent justified. Not just not just for creepy stalking on the girl, but like for everything else he's done and not done so far in the movie. I'm like yeah, he deserves to have his ass beat. <laughs> um. Why the fuck is JT so charming in his utter repulsiveness? <laughs> uh, and actually, yeah, the whole, the dick bite scene. Like, mm-hmm. everything about that scene I fucking love. The way JT manipulates everyone. Um, the way the way Ricky kind of gives into his dark side to, like, finally prove that, like, he does have a dark side. Um, the dead girl kind of, like, watching it all and aware of it. And kind of, like, giving Ricky the look of, like, hey, thanks for giving me a bite to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, like, everything about... The fact that the, the main jock guy was um, was actually, like, for a little... Almost a moment, he was the only person to walk in on that scene and not immediately say, Sure, I'll stick my dick in the living dead girl. And he was like, no, this is wrong. I'm gonna go tell somebody because this is fucked. Until he fell into peer pressure and just became an asshole. Um, I think she also appreciated that on some base level. No, yeah, that was that was kind of the thing about Dead Girl was that like she never said anything, but like it, they made it incredibly clear that she was not some mindless husk. Like she was thinking, she had some kind of awareness of what was being done to her mm-hmm. and, and what it was, was happening. More predatorial than anything. But it was was predatorial calculation. There was some higher thinking going on. Because even at the end when she finally gets free, like, she fucks up Wheeler. She fucks up JT. She doesn't touch Ricky. Mm -hmm. She runs right past Ricky because Ricky never actually did anything to her. Mm -hmm. He, He did try to help her escape. And then also he gave her something to eat. Um... So, on that level, like, she was aware of who Ricky was and, like, what he had done. Um, so she just spared him. Which means that she had a higher level of intelligence, even if it was, at its base, kind of animalistic. Which is interesting. Sure. 
She doesn't touch the girl. The girl gets yeah. hit by JT, doesn't she? Yeah, uh, JT. There was some kind of camaraderie there. She's like, they've captured you like I've been captured. Yeah, she didn't She didn't bite the girl. JT stabbed her, and then JT mm. then bit her uh, for Ricky. Uh, oh, this is the one. Like, we were talking about biology class earlier, and how it's the, the only emphasis of the biology class is don't stick your head in the toilet. This was the movie. I was like, I wrote a note about some bullshit class. Uh, this class has an entire... This movie has an entire high school class devoted to the dangers of spoiled food products yeah. in a high school. <laughs> Like, what? I must have missed... I mean, granted, I didn't go to high school that often, so I guess I just missed that class? Like, can anyone else who went to more high school confirm or deny was this class when, real? When I no. was in, like, middle school, I had a little, like, home ec class that kind of talk about, like, the food safety stuff. Fair enough. Um, I, maybe maybe everyone in high school has been held back three or four years. I'd buy that. <laughs> I think it was just a really good like transition between the whole scene because right before that there was the scene of what smells and Ricky or JT's like oh that's her yeah her bullet holes are rotting and she becomes rotting meat and then all of a sudden jock dude gets really sick and his intestines blow out of his ass Mm -hmm. like he's rotting meat inside yeah I didn't, it was like, okay, I'll suspend my disbelief for that. Yeah, it was, (laughs) like, it was one of those things where I'm like, I 100% get why this scene is here for the plot and the narrative, and kind of like, is that the joke? Um, Like, so I got it on that level, but at the same time, like, the, the actual realism level of like, is this a... This is what they're doing in high school? No wonder everyone in this town is fucked. <laughs> like, exactly. this is what they're teaching them. Yeah, like, these 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 moron 17 to 18 year olds need to be told when to throw out expired milk in high school. Like, of course they're not going anywhere. Of course a zombie girl chained up in the basement of, asylum, of an asylum is the best they're ever going to get. They're all fucking morons. Yeah. That just goes back to Nephi's point. Like, doesn't get Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we're going to teach you, like, higher level learning because you don't deserve it. You're just yeah. going to get kids in this idiot town and go work in the mines, moron. <laughs> Trigonometry, get fucked. Here's how you identify mold on bread. <laughs> Here's how you read an expiration date on a package of cheese. <laughs> um, I did like that. That once once she does get free, Dead Girl like quickly shows that she the whole the entire time throughout the entire movie she's been the most dangerous thing around like surrounded by all of these scumbags and assholes like she has been the most dangerous thing sitting there just waiting the whole time because she rips that fucking door off its hinges like it's nothing Mm -hmm. um which kind of raises the point of like she couldn't rip through her chains when she was strapped down they Which were maybe it's an angle thing. <laughs> they were magic chains. Yeah, they were imbued with the the magic of Stephen Strange or some shit. Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like that raises some interest. Like, what if she if she can tear through that door as quickly as she did, she probably could have teared through her chains. Which means, and and we know she has some higher thinking capability. Which means, 
I don't know what, but it means that she was there. Not that what was done to her, she was consenting, but she was there willingly waiting for her moment. Like kind of in a predatory aspect. She was waiting for her moment for everything to go wrong so she could escape. That's better than what I thought. Cause I thought it was just an angle. Laying prostrate, both her mm-hmm. legs and her upper body are chained down. So That's like when fair. she rips the door off, she's actually got all of her body strength. Yeah. Well, and I mean, she's... they do have her tied up standing in that final scene. They do. Um, and she doesn't rip herself free at that point. And she also like, they moved her around several times and she didn't ever try to escape, which is weird. That we saw. That we saw. Yeah. yeah because JT was in full belief that he could handle her. But when they had her tied up, I think she, like when she was standing up tied up, I think she was just waiting for the perfect moment. Yeah. She was like, I want to see how this plays out. Mm-hmm. so i can get the f out of here it was kind of yeah. like a cat out of vet's office like what are yeah you and that's from? because i know i can <laughs> and that's honestly kind of how her character felt for the majority of the, the time like a feline cat predator just like yes. watching everything and, and figuring out all the angles and just waiting for the moment to pounce um i think that um this, uh, if there was like a flash forward, like ten years at the end of this movie to the to the zombie apocalypse, I think that would have been hilarious. Because you know, hey, how did the zombie apocalypse start anyway? Necrophiliacs, man, fucking necrophiliacs. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say just ten years later, it's like everyone's just in prison. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, seems equally likely. Yeah, that's probably the more like if the zombie apocalypse doesn't happen. Yeah, everyone's in fucking jail. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm just thinking of like a Walking Dead situation where like the world is fucked. There's zombies everywhere. There's like a handful of survivors left, and they're like, "How did this happen?" Fucking necrophiliacs! Don't stick your dick in dead things, man. It never ends well. Shit. I know this is a wild and far toss, but there's a Wolverine one-off comic where he meets a wild woman out in the mountains and i kind of figured like i kind of connected the two i was like the way she was running free in the end i'll make it and happy you think it, like, you think it's actually a secret x-men movie yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i was like what happened with the girl she was in um the asylum that that logan was in where logan got created mm-hmm. um or well at least where he gets his adamantium and it was before uh everything that happened there with uh striker but it, it was a very similar story <laughs> <laughs> and i was like i was like the only difference is that she's a zombie so right. i don't know <laughs> but maybe well, she yeah. wasn't a zombie maybe she was a mutant with an accelerated healing factor <laughs> yeah it's an, a dead girl's just it's it's x-men origins dead girl now yeah, sure. um but yeah overall uh is definitely a wild flick um it definitely skates the lines between like high school melodrama coming of age story nonsense and just extreme fucked up horror um i thought the performances were good all the way around uh, JT is a fucking absolute scene stealer. Uh, he's just so charismatically sleazy the whole fucking time. The movie, I mean, the movie was controversial when it came out. That's a shock, right? 
this movie controversial no. <laughs> um it's called uh misogynistic which yeah i would say there's there's plenty of evidence for that although in my own opinion i feel like it's more misanthropic I feel like this is a movie that hates... Like, like the mindset of the movie is not hatred towards women specifically. It's hatred of the world. And just people. Is how it came across yeah. to me. Because every single character is just absolute shit. Except for the stepdad and... and uh, What was it? Joanne? Mm-hmm. Like, those are the only two, like, decent people in the entire fucking movie. Everyone else is just scum. And even the dead girl, while not being, you know, scum, is still this dangerous creature. <laughs> it was billed as a dark comedy. <laughs> did, you get, did anybody laugh? Anybody get any laughs out of this one? Oh, man. Uh, a couple times, but it was just lines. Like, I can't believe you just said that. Or, like, how great... Are you like five? Like, yeah. fuck, JT. <laughs> <laughs> what starts? What word starts with an F and ends with a K? <laughs> Fire, Fire truck. truck. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh my oh. god. He omitted. Um. Oh. And then uh, the only other thing that I have uh, noted down a little bit of trivia: the the dead girl. It was written by a guy named Trent Haga. Uh, and he is relevant only because he played the killer, demonic killer clown from the Killjoy movies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not the first one, like the second one and beyond, he played Killjoy in the Killjoy movies, which are absolutely goofy slasher movies. They, they are ridiculous. I thought that was amusing, but probably just because I've seen most of the Killjoy movies. Uh, but yeah, that is... Dead a girl. Dead a girl. So yeah, we just got the single movie left. Mm-hmm. That being comforting skin. Yes. This fucking movie. This fucking this movie. fucking movie. So. I thought your screen was. Crazy. I'm gonna I'm gonna start out with, with this out with a question. My thoughts on it. Uh, is mm-hmm. it a requirement for every month for us to have a bad softcore porno in? The- <laughs> Um, just wondering. It's 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 not. However, the likelihood of it happening is greatly reduced. Is now, up there? well, the the well, the likelihood of it happening in the future is greatly reduced because now everyone is submitting a movie. That's so crazy. I have to think really long and hard if I want my single submission um to be softcore porn. You, but you just wait for April, Mister. That's all I'm going to say on that. All right. Um, so, yeah. Aside from that, I personally didn't even see it as a horror movie. It was just more of a like, this girl's got really, really bad mental illness, mm-hmm. uh, which is more like kind of sad than scary. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, I mean, it, I, I'm not gonna lie, the scenes were nice to watch. Like, <laughs> It was, it was fine, but it was definitely kind of one of those, like, we're trying to get, like, a story here, you know? But uh, I, I did really love the roommate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was oblivious to half of the shit, just walking around. Mm-hmm. Like, huh? 
what? I just want to sit here and be a sad boy and read my romance novels and make my little comp- compositions. And also the anxiety that he felt where he couldn't even go in and listen to his own music. I felt that in my soul. Mm-hmm. And I don't even make mm-hmm. music. Uh, mm-hmm. So I liked him a lot. I didn't like the the other friend, Cynthia, I think her name was. Oh, yeah. Uh, she was just awful in every every sense of the word. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I didn't... Uh, yeah, I kind of have torn feelings on it, because it's like I didn't necessarily like it, but it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. It's kind of like, eh... Yeah, I found it to be very meh, and also like like I said, not horror, just more just like damn that. Yeah, that's a lot of a lot mm. of mental issues happening there. That uh, again, like we're talking about mental health, not really taken care of very well. Uh, yeah, this movie kind of is that. That's this movie. Yeah, pretty much uh, straight up. So yeah, I mean that's that's most of the thoughts I have on it. Like it, it kind of. It, to me, it just kind of dragged on and kind of had weird shit and, like, you know, the occasional nudity, which was nice, but, like... <laughs> right. Also, was it was really confusing. Fuck. Yeah, it, it was also really confusing to me until it clicked that the girl's name was Coffee. But, like, the, yeah. the, the, the <laughs> was whispering, just like, Coffee. I'm like, yeah, I can go for some. Yeah, <laughs> caffeine. It's delicious. Um, it was so completely normal. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's uh, at least my general thoughts on on that one <laughs> so this was a heavy watch for me just simply because like i can relate um so it, it's gonna get it's gonna get a little personal mm. and i don't mind but so those moments where you know the world is spinning and everything's crazy and you just don't know what's going on that is what the darkest moments of when my panic attacks and anxiety felt like Mm. um just everything made no sense everything was dark and cold and you know you just i felt heart to heart with that scene where she's sitting there before the tattoo talks to her and she's just debating whether or not to end it all because honestly it felt like it wouldn't get better and so it was it was a really hard watch in that situation and then auto also her smile i would call it (laughs) body dysmorphia where she's having issues with her skin um i can't even like i like it does a really good job of you know relaying mental instability and luckily i never was that bad (laughs) like to the degree where i was sitting there doing drugs and stuff like that or being a recovered junkie but they did a really good job um for the first time that i've seen in a while of you know, mental illness actually being portrayed as not... Mm, I feel like sometimes movies romanticize mental illness. Yeah. Um, they they definitely it, can. Yeah. And, yeah. And this made it the nasty-ass fucking monster that it is. And... Um, yeah, comforting... Yeah. Oh, saw part of this. Ah, okay. Um, but... It just it, it it didn't like bother me. It didn't I hate this word, but trigger me or <laughs> right. anything like that. I hate that word, but I I don't know how else how else to. It didn't cause an episode or anything like that. It just it was 
it was a stark reality as to what it was with a little bit of weirdness in it because that talk i never have i had any of my tattoos talk to me <laughs> um i've got a few of them and they've never talked to me so i guess thank fuck for that <laughs> i mean but at the same time it might do you some good if your tattoos talk to you because you could, some... you've got you've got nadia tattooed on you so she would just be like mm-hmm. fuck these assholes kick them in the teeth like Fuck your mother. Yeah. <laughs> Naf, why why am I getting a call? Jailed the people. <laughs> I followed Nadia's instructions. Yeah. They shot them all in the knees. <laughs> yeah. I ran um, out of bullets, so I threw my gun at them. What's the big deal? By the way. <laughs> one one thing with that uh if if uh somebody told me to go fuck myself and I could make it be like that. Sure. <laughs> if, you, if you feel that uh, good, like she was clearly having a great time. She was having she an amazing time. Orgasm of her life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she definitely did seem bipolar. But what I love is that they didn't romanticize the mental illness. It mm-hmm. was... No. It the was... scenes were awkward as fuck because she was basically making love to herself thinking it was someone else. And that is incredible incredibly uncomfortable mm-hmm. um like the nudity was like it was one of those instances where i feel like the nudity was necessary to the film to prove the point um but like there's just so many things and i wasn't sure how many you guys things you guys caught but you remember the art dealer that she meets in that shop yeah yeah he was the person who a got her hooked on drugs Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. he was the one that was pushing her to sell them and then she had a mental break and tried to commit suicide and got sent to an asylum and mm. then he tries to get back into her life by controlling him i wasn't sure how many people picked that up because uh, it's not outright stated it's it's kind of i sort of picked up the link around. of the guy and the drugs but not like yeah superfully i guess yeah I, like, no, i feel like it was it wasn't explicitly like um it wasn't an exposition dump but i feel like they they put enough threads there that they made it pretty clear what happened yeah the only thing that the only thing that that i was a little unclear on because there's like one conversation that i think she has with her roommate right um where it makes sense or or she mentions or no i think it's when she's talking to her tattoo as well like there's a couple of of mentions of it um, where it wasn't even so much that she was selling drugs for that guy, she was a drug mule for him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and I think the implication was like why she almost died may not have been a suicide. It probably was a suicide attempt. But I think the lie she told someone about it was that a bag of drugs ruptured inside of her. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. caused her to overdose, but whether or not that was true or she actually intentionally overdosed was kind of like, it was unclear. Yeah, it, um, it seems like it was, like, I, I feel like it might have been a lie because, I mean, you know, you it's mentioned that, you know, it wasn't him. It wasn't the whatever the hell his name was. Um, I can't remember his name. Was he like the professor guy? Yeah, art gallery guy. The art dealer guy. Yeah, yeah art okay. dealer guy. Um, and art like, dealer slash drug dealer slash pimp, maybe? Like, that guy looked like he wore oh, several hats. What happened? 
you robot it really bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, that's a strong reaction to pimp. <laughs> especially especially coming after the uh 30 minute discussion on the zombie rape movie <laughs> that was the line like that really line. i'm pretty sure i called jt a pimp at some point a pimp name slip back a <laughs> pimp named jt <laughs> but i mean so the scene with sophie basically molesting her was also very awkward um, even though she was she was just sitting there. And Sophie or it, Cynthia? But, or Cynthia, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Cynthia, you know, was basically molesting her. Because um, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't feel she ever wanted it. She just didn't say no outright. But there was she never a yes. Yeah. 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 yeah Why Cynthia? Feeding, well, that, well, yeah, she kept feeding her the pills. Well, that like that was just absolutely because she they were drinking and then she was also trying to feed her pills and I'm like, what the fuck is Cynthia trying to do? Like, actually get her to die, like get right. a, get her to overdose on these pills and alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was also the implication that like, in some way, and like it kind of depends on which way you go with the movie if there's something fantastical happening with the tattoo or if it's all in her head and i think the movie Mm -hmm. makes a strong case that it is all in her head but there there was that implication that like somehow the tattoo had manifested itself for cynthia and that was why cynthia got so fucking weird because that's cynthia's voice no the tattoo had coffee's voice yeah, the tattoo had Coffee's voice. Yeah, okay, because that was... sounded very similar to Cynthia no, was talking was... in a softer the, tone. The actress who played Coffee also did the voice for the tattoo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and that was probably one of the weirdest elements. Like the only, like it makes like almost it's like ninety nine point nine percent. It's all mental illness. It's all in her head. Um, it's all a byproduct of the issues she's having. Except for how fucking weird Cynthia gets. Like, Cynthia yeah. goes complete... And maybe it's just because we don't see... Like, Cynthia probably just had a mental breakdown and snapped. And is going down her own dark spiral because that's kind of the theme of the movie with these characters. But the mm-hmm. fact that we don't really see... Like, we see, like, kind of an instigating factor for, like, why she would start spiraling as bad as she did. But it's, it's like, so swift, and she starts acting so fucking weird. Yeah. Um, that it almost makes, at least makes me buy that, like, the tattoo was actually some weird entity. <laughs> but that's just, like, that's only a small element of the overall movie. Like, for the most part, it's just, it's the mental illness, clearly on something like ecstasy maybe but again like it's it's based on like what the movie shows us versus what we can guess and just based on what the movie showed us i thought i thought the cynthia derailment like it could also be attributed to like the movie kind of failed in that aspect of making that even a little bit more clear to the viewer like what was going on with her or maybe that was intentional and they just wanted to leave that as a thread to like kind of fuck with your head even more. I don't know. But what, did you have more to say? No, my closing statement is goodbye, Toes. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> goodbye, Toes. Um, but I'm going to go use the restroom real quick. Oh, yeah. And Fish can now take the floor. 
Cool. I'm gonna go mm. through my notes because it tells you everything you need to know about this that I thought. Um, and it was really much hot takes. So, first of all, what's going on in this movie so far? Oh, depressed woman gets a tattoo. That's what's going on. And it hurts. <laughs> Someone please just fall in love with this girl. Come on. Um, okay, the convo on the couch was one of the realest I ever seen. So her and Nathan having that conversation on the couch where she was turning around and she was like, I just, I don't. And she. Oh, when she tried to start, out. when she tried to start making out with him and he pulled back and she's like, why didn't you fuck me? Pretty much. And yeah. then and then she was just like, I just want to be loved. Like, this is all I want. I want someone to actually, like, look at me and love me because I'm trying so hard and it's getting me nowhere. No one actually loves me just using me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and now she's possessed. Um, so then my favorite one is... So you walk in and your roommate has a cheese grater to her face. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Because <laughs> he is so very oblivious. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just like, so let's talk about last night. <laughs> Nathan, she has something sharp against the side of her fucking face. Oh, this is a lesson in self-love from a tattoo. Girl, get a vibrator. Could have taught you the same thing. Yep, should have gotten a vibrator. It's much less judgmental. And then back to the whole, what is Cynthia? Is her tattoo a person now? Was it just a symbol for lesbian sex? And mm-hmm. that was pretty much it. I don't know if I like this movie. Yeah. I, I There were some parts about it, I guess, that were good in the sense that, like, yes, they conveyed all of what Neffy had said, but... I, I feel yeah, I, I didn't feel like I really overall enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, re- regarding really the depressing. tattoo, it's like depressed girl gets tattoo. I want to add to that. It's like, and surprisingly, it's not a tramp stamp. D- when he <laughs> said that too. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is just like. Yeah, the tattoo. She actually got like a decent tattoo. Like the tattoo actually looked really cool. Mm. <laughs> I, I thought it did. Like, I thought it looked like shit, but it looked like yeah. you know made up, made up nonsense. But like yeah. as far as made up nonsense goes, I mean, I've seen worse. Oh sure. <laughs> and it was just so downtrodden. Like I just, I have a hard time. I mean, with, to take it personally, like I have a hard time connecting with being that depressed i've been to the point where it's like eh, if a bus hit me today i wouldn't worry about it but yeah, I've, I've never hit quite that level yeah exactly so it was hard to connect to and it was kind of like there's so many uh, the drug use and the implications of the drug use like in my own personal life like i've had my i've got a lot of family that are drug abusers mm. and to me, I have no patience for it. Right. And I'm kind of like, get over it. But mm-hmm. I know that sounds harsh, and I know that, you know, that's not them. It's, it's hard. The drugs and the yeah, it's but... having, yeah, dealing with it close up and, and for a prolonged period of time, it's hard to have, like, the sympathy gets worn away. And it's desensitizing. And it's hard, yeah, it's desensitizing, and the sympathy wears away, and... Yeah, you just you, like, all you're left with, if anything, is the tough love aspect, which is just like, <laughs> fuck you, do better. <laughs> they didn't do anything to make me actually care about her. I was like, I would, 
to her wrist. I was like, just fucking do it already so this movie ends. Because I can't. <laughs> I can't. Like, <laughs> this is the most depressing movie I've seen in a while. And I've seen a lot of depressing <laughs> movies recently. <laughs> Oh man, you want you want absolute depressing movie, uh, sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. That is still by far like the most like downtrodden, like man. Nobody has a happy ending in that movie. <laughs> oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. Oh no, I was thinking horror. Um, well, I don't even know what that is, but. Ah, is a movie of um, a Serbian film. <laughs> Nobody a, has a happy ending. A Serbian, well, that is very fucking depressing. The only the only people who might have a ha- a happy ending in that movie are the people you really don't want to have a happy ending in that movie. <laughs> oh, a Serbian film. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that that was a rough one too. But on sympathy for Mr. Vengeance was a lot more just like overall just like I don't feel like I I feel sad. <laughs> yeah, and I mean they did a like, good this job is at just giving you horrifying. And they yeah. did a good job at giving you this feeling because everything is muted in the movie. Like they're in a city where it looks like it, it's raining half of the time or snowing half of the time and all the colors are muted. Yeah, it's very Even washed out. Colors are muted. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not like uh like I'm I wanted to be entertained by this and I just really wasn't. Like mm-hmm. you just made me sad. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> not it's it's not a popcorn muncher. Mm-mm. It's it's not a movie designed to like necessarily entertain you which seems strange because you know movies are supposed to be entertainment but mm-hmm. the nathan reminded me saying andrew scott and i believe that's his name but moriarty the newer oh yeah it did kind of look like him cookie. yeah yeah he did kind of look like him i adorable and mm-hmm. he just wasn't what she, he wanted to be what she needed but he knew he couldn't be, and he was trying to be the best he could for her. Mm-hmm. Except for when he walks in and she's got a fucking cheese grater <laughs> on her face, and I'm just like, "Hello, uh, <laughs> you're not even going to question that. That's just mm-hmm. <laughs> that's it's just Tuesday, man." <laughs> Which also kind of makes sense because again, on the couch, he's like, "I'm so tired of this." self-deprecating bullshit of yours yeah and i'm like i feel you dude me too <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it seemed like they were both that, that no because they knew each other from when they were younger yeah but i was gonna say it was also together yeah it seemed like it <laughs> or at least at similar points um no that's not where they met up they knew each other when they were uh in high school because she's At like, least. why didn't you fuck me in ninth grade? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess I'll c- I can go through my notes. I don't have nearly as many. Wait, I'm scrolling. Okay, I got a few notes. <laughs> Whatever, I'll skim through. I'll hit the best points. Uh, the movie starts with a close-up on our main character's toes. This is relevant. Which is not something I noticed the first time I watched it, but the second time through, it, it starts on that extreme close-up on Coffee's toes, and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's kind of clever. Oh, shit. Yeah. Egg whites can double for hairspray? There yeah, was, that was a, gross. Yeah, like, 
what was that? Like she said, she used had to use egg whites because she was egg out of hairspray. Like, like, like now like, you're slopping your hair. Yeah, that that was more just like you can do that. Like, yeah, egg whites and mayonnaise is a good product. Like especially if you have very dry hair. Okay. Um, egg whites and mayonnaise is a good hair product to utilize. Mm, okay, mm. I, that was more just like she mentioned. It, I'm like, that's the weirdest shit I've ever heard. Like I have to write this down to like see if anyone else knows what the fuck that's about. Um, good product. Kitty. <laughs> this man likes his sausage. The whole thing, the whole sausage scene yeah, with Nathan. Like, Why can't I just get a side of sausage with my sausage? That that whole, <laughs> like that. I think that was our introduction to Nathan, and I think that that whole scene sums him up perfectly as a character. And that's that's pretty much what, that that kind of thing is what made me love him. I mean, yeah, no, he's Nathan. That, like Nathan is best boy for sure. Yeah. Point? Are they actual sausage links? <laughs> <laughs> or are they pat- the patty things? Because I like yeah. my... Like, I don't like them... I don't like the idea of them all being connected together. <laughs> like, because, like, it was presented as, like, he has social anxiety and, like, it's kind of a step for him and, like, maybe that's why he's being a little bit awkward. But it got to a point in there where it's just, like, he's just fucking with this waitress. <laughs> <laughs> like, he is absolutely aware of what he's doing and he's just fucking with her and it's great. I gave the movie points... For fresh tattoo authenticity with the plastic wrap, because a lot of a lot of movies and TV shows they don't do the plastic wrap on the fresh tattoo, even if once the plastic wrap comes off, the the skin is not red in any way. There's no flecks of blood or anything like that, so not fully accurate. But just the fact that they had the plastic wrap on there, I was like, all right. Presumably, the people who made this movie have at least seen what a fresh tattoo looks like. Nothing like the endorphin rush of a fresh tattoo to wash away your emotional issues. You gotta uh, cut out there. Fresh tattoo to what? Uh, to wash away your emotional issues. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, someone who's gotten tattoos, I'm like, yeah, I kind of, I get that, like, I've had that high she had after the fact where it's just like, I feel mm-hmm. good. I want to blow my juvenile wad all over your tits is the type of line you usually only get to hear in the highest quality of porn flicks. <laughs> I have that written down as well. Yeah. There, Nathan has the best lines. <laughs> when your tattoo starts crawling all over your skin and talking to you, you might be having a bad trip. In all caps, because God damn it, I feel like it requires this form of emphasis. Who the fuck gave this woman a gun? Who allowed her to have a uh, have a firearm? <coughs> like, what? <laughs> I mean, Who thought this was, was a good drug, idea? If, if she was a drug mule, she had easy access to guns. Mm-hmm. Fair enough, but it's just like, she pulled out the gun and I'm like, I know people who have had mental issues. They don't, they're not allowed to have guns. Who the fuck let uh, her have this gun? That doesn't mean you can't There's fly. That, well, yeah, I'm aware. I, I'm aware. I know <laughs> how the world works. I'm just saying. I was like, why? <laughs> why would anyone let her have a weapon? And did anybody uh, even know she had it? That's a that's well, a valid that point. Because she was hiding it. She had it in a box in that secret open place that she used to go to that looked abandoned. Mm, yeah that's a fair point she probably had it secretly she would have had to is the only thing i can say follow up to that why use the knife down your wrist when you could just end it with a gun i mean clearly she wasn't in her right mind (laughs) (laughs) 
It was brief, but there was tattoo sex. I'm counting it. <laughs> Half an hour in, and we're full. We're full tilt. You know, we're full tilt into Weird Town. Uh, you walk it. Yeah, here it is. Here's where me and Fish have almost the exact same note. You walk in to see your roommate freaking out with a cheese grater against her face, and you act like everything's normal. That alone says a lot about how common these sorts of things happen around her. <laughs> you know shit's gotten bad when your tattoo needs to sit you down for an intervention. <laughs> now this is definitely tattoo sex. <laughs> uh, the tattoo is clingier than she is. Does this count as public tattoo set when they're in the elevator and the tattoo oh, yeah. is feeling neglected is and starts yeah, starts fucking her in the in the elevator? I'm like, does this count as public tattoo sex? I think it might. Um, the movie proves that as weird and fucked up and, un- and unnerving as a living tattoo is, it's nothing compared to an awkward family dinner. Oh yeah, that was that, that family was dinner was like the cringiest thing fucking ever. Mm. Right. Um, it's like having dinner with my parents. Yeah, a little bit. Um, oh. I think the tattoo made her go to the family. Oh, so here was my theory on the whole thing. The tattoo made her go to the family dinner and to go see her old boyfriend right afterwards um, to in order to experience the before she was talking about in the scene before the family dinner. Uh, and then also, not just to experience it, but to utterly destroy her before. So the tattoo could have her all to herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's reinforced by her going out and burning all the old photos of her past. Uh, the music. I think I think that's probably one of the strongest elements of this movie, was the fucking insane music. Mm-hmm. Like... You could just listen to this movie and have a perfect... Like, not even the dialogue, but just, like, listen to the soundtrack of this movie. And you'd be like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I know exactly what this is about. (laughs) Um, When you're fucking your own tattoo, a vacuum cleaner becomes a very unique kind of sex toy. Does that count? I think it might count. That's an awkward-ass scene. (laughs) Tattoo vacuum cleaner sex. (laughs) Movie gets points for turning Pop Rocks into a sex toy. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that scene. There was a, that was that whole montage of basically her having an orgy all around the yeah, house with her, her tattoo. Sex with yeah. Um, you're just a party girl who's passed her expiry date and hasn't seemed to figure that out yet. Oh, dude. That Fucking was like, that was, that was such a good burn. Line. Right? God, Nathan has the best lines. Um... The tattoo has fully become become fully self-aware using the concept of eye as a weapon. That was creepy. Because uh, before that, it's just like, we, us. And then it turns it around and it's like, I have yeah. desires. I have needs. But yeah, really just a standard bad relationship full of all the usual tropes. But the fact that it's a tattoo slash her own broken brain is what makes it really unnerving. Yeah, and then that was the point where, where Cynthia started being weird. Uh, is Cynthia actually just trying to kill her with boozing her up and feeding her sleeping pills? Or does she just want to date rape her? What in the fuck, Cynthia? So the tattoo manifested itself for Cynthia, gave her the good sex, and made her obsessively addicted to what it can do. I was like, what? 
Uh, she's gone completely off the deep end, and the diner scene proves that that, that actress could totally play a very good Harley Quinn. Mm, when she's in the yeah. diner and she almost tries sucking the dude off, and she's just laughing and sobbing and being completely insane. Uh, my other comment for that scene was, ma'am, this is a Denny's? <laughs> Uh, Cynthia shouldn't be in charge of looking after a carton of eggs, let alone a mentally unhinged human being. When uh, Nathan leaves her Cynthia in charge of coffee, I was like, mm -hmm. what the fuck, Nathan? <laughs> Why? Uh, if only someone had told her about laser tattoo removal. Movies through and through unnerving as hell, getting more and more so as it goes along. The grating, chaotic classical music plays a big part in it, as do the performances. Uh, it's a tough choice between this one and Dead Girl for which of them features the most uncomfortable nudity and sex. Mm -hmm. uh, feels like it, it did feel like it dragged a bit in the second half. Like once the tattoo like kind of starts giving her the cold shoulder, like that part of it felt like it kind of dragged for me. Um, but then it kicked back up into high gear insanity at the end. Reminded me of Bates Motel. A little bit. Yeah. I'll be right back one me. second. Okay. Sure. And then this was also, this one I watched on Tubi, which also featured commercials. I have only a single note for the commercials on this one. Right off the bat, we've got yet another of the ridiculous anti-vaping commercials. Given the amount that I vape, where the fuck are the wiggly worms under my skin? Because that's all the, that was the premise. Like, oh, the evil of vaping puts worms under your skin. And I'm like, where are my worms? I could use those bitches. Uh, and that was the only commercial I got. 2B1, as far as, over Voodoo, as far as um, having to deal with commercials. Because I only got the single one at the start of the movie, and everything else, like, the rest of the movie just played through totally fine. Um, but yeah. That was comforting skin. Comforting skin. So let's see. I've I've collected all the votes and everything like that. I've done all the math ahead of time. So we don't have to have that awkward period where I'm just sitting here typing in numbers for like 10 minutes. So that's all good. So then it just amounts to um, how we want to distribute like our picks. I figure like, I guess we can just go through one by one. Once, just me and you. once everyone gets back, because I mean, I guess, I don't know. I guess the show's actually just over. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I realized my life. <laughs> <laughs> sorry but we'll wait well while we wait for for kettle to get back i'll go through through my picks so for the best kill category i picked valentine and yeah Paige getting drilled and then zapped was was by far the best kill i'm back sorry about that. oh no it's all good um we're doing uh the point categories and i figured we could each go through one by one and say the categories and what we gave it to and everything like that. Okay. And then, and then I'll do the final point roundup thing. Cause I've got it all written down. I've done all the math. Um, so that shouldn't be nearly as long and awkward as it was the, the last month. Uh, but yeah, best kill Valentine pages, death, Denise Richards in the hot tub. Like that by far stood out as like the most entertaining and creative death in all the movies. Uh, best characters, I gave it to Comforting Skin. I thought the characters 
I thought the characters were felt very real and it was very interesting seeing such a deep dive, a deep dive and a realistic dive on characters with the issues that they had. I thought was really interesting. Um, worst movie. I gave it to Valentine because I think of the four. I enjoy Valentine, but I think of the four, it's the fact that it is basically just an 80s slasher that doesn't really do much new. Like, as opposed to the other ones, which all kind of brought something new and interesting to the table. Makes it the worst movie, in my opinion. It was also the comfiest movie, for sure, because, I mean... It, st- it stood the test of time and the fact that, like, I have seen that movie just, and I've had it on in the background just doing other stuff so many times means that, like, yeah, I can put that movie on, I can zone out and just do whatever the hell it is I'm doing. Uh, scariest movie I put down as Dead Girl. I thought that one had the creepiest atmosphere and overall presence. Uh, most disturbing movie I put is Comforting Skin because, like, the mental issues and everything like that, like, that's just, that's terrifying to me. Um, yeah. Sleeper Hit I also had as Comforting Skin because I had no idea what to expect going into that movie, but I found myself actually, like, really enjoying it. Um, most forgettable movie? It's probably going to be unpopular. I have auditioned down as the most forgettable. Um, really? Yeah, because again, I've seen all these before, and while it had been a while since I had seen audition, I remembered the least of it. And and the fact that like it does like the first half of the movie is basically just slow build up makes it less memorable to me than the other ones. Um. Best writing, uh, Dead Girl. If for nothing else, then for every line of dialogue that JT said. <laughs> uh, best score, also Dead Girl. And then my ranked movies, number one, Dead Girl. Number two, Comforting Skin. Number three, Valentine. Number four, Audition. And putting Audition at the bottom, I think that's going to ruffle feathers. But at the same time, like, I think it's just because I've seen I've seen other Takashi Miike films, and I like them all better. Um, like, I, I do enjoy Audition, but I honestly feel like it's, at times, a little boring. Oh, see, I find the slice of life aspect interesting, so... Oh yeah, and that's fair. Like I, I, I kind of don't like myself for putting it at the bottom. But at the same time, if I if I'm being honest with myself, of of the movies, like the one that I would be least likely to go back and rewatch, like or want to rewatch and watch again, is Audition. Really? Yeah, like I would rather watch e- any of the three other movies before rewatching Audition. And I like Audition. I think Audition's a very good movie. But of these four. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have our custom categories for the month, which are most eligible bachelor and most eligible bachelorette, which was basically the idea behind it of just like looking at look at the dudes in the movie. If there's one in particular in the movie that you're like, that's the most eligible bachelor and then working your way down 
from there and the same thing for most eligible bachelorette. Uh, So my most eligible bachelor, number one, comforting skin because Nathan is best boy. (laughs) Number Number two, uh, audition because while that guy was, you know, maybe a little short-sighted and didn't really want to do his homework, he was still a really nice guy. Like he was a solid dude. He seemed very nice and seemed like, you know, if he if he was gonna go as far as marrying somebody else, he would have been a nice husband. Now he seemed like a good dad too. Uh, number three, Valentine, which is difficult because just about every single guy in Valentine is either a creepy scumbag or a serial killer. But at the same time, you know, with Valentine, you have David Boreanaz and the potential of him putting on women's underwear and dancing around for you. So that'd be fun. And then number one, or the least eligible bachelor, dead girl, because every single guy in that movie outside of the drunken deadbeat dad was an absolute scumbag. Yeah. Um, most eligible bachelorette category. Number one, dead girl. Specifically, the dead girl, because you know what? Get her off, get her out of the chains, give her a nice shower, maybe a pretty dress. That's a lady. You don't got to be worried about walking down a dark alley, ever. You don't got to worry about a rabid dog running up on you and biting you on the, the buttocks, because she will tear them to fucking pieces and grin while she's doing it. Um... Number two, Valentine. Because Denise Richards is very pretty. Uh, (laughs) Number three, Audition. Um, Because, you know, when she's not being an absolute creepy Yandere, the main, main lady from that movie, you know, she seemed nice when she wasn't being psychotic. Um, and you know, if she's not doing it for you, you got like 29 other ladies to choose from who also seemed very nice. And then number one, or not number one, number last, uh, comforting skin because coffee is, is adorable, but damn, she got a lot of problems. I don't, I don't have, I don't have the uh, tolerance to deal with that level of psychosis. It would worry me. Um, so yeah, those those are my categories. So I guess Kettle can go next. Alright. Uh, for best kill, I also had the Valentine drill scene because mm-hmm. that was just amazing. Yeah. Uh, for best characters, I had Audition just because of the, the creepy factor. And I just, I generally do like the dad and the son and, mm-hmm. and just the general acting and all of that. Uh, worst movie, I went with Comforting Skin just because I didn't feel it was really horror and, like, yeah, it was just kind of uncomfortable sometimes, despite, like, some of the better parts of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, comfiest movie I went with Audition, like I said, I love that late 90s Japanese aesthetic. Like, I I could, you know, until it gets creepy, it's it's very, very, uh, very nice. Uh, I also went with that as being the scariest because... Uh, that girl is sneaky and can come into your house and just poison you and then be like, well, you're about to be tortured now. Like, great. <laughs> yeah. uh, most disturbing movie, Dead Girl for obvious fucking reasons. <laughs> um, 
Stop raping her. Jesus. <laughs> it feels so it. wrong to laugh at that, but at the same time. <laughs> no, I mean, I, 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 I exaggerated it for comedic effect. Yeah. Like, yeah. Point stands. Yeah, the point definitely um, stands. Uh, sleeper hit, I went with audition just because, like, I wasn't entirely sure what to expect. Not, to, not that I thought it would necessarily be bad, but it was just kind of like, all right, you know, we'll see. Uh, most forgettable for me was Comforting Skin because I'm basically going to remember Nathan, the nudity, and some of the other weirder shit that went on with it. But aside from that, probably not a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, best writing I gave Audition just because, I don't know, I, I liked it even though it was subtitles, so I don't know how well everything translated. Well, the, but... the, the subtitles were very clear. You could read them clearly. So yeah. how could it not be best writing? No, none of the other movies had writing on them at all. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, best gore, I went with audition. That's uh, valid. The, the... Oh, yeah, man. it was it was and a the... tough pick for me between Dead and Girl and audition ding, for gore. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, yeah, all of that was oof. So for the rankings, yeah, my favorite of them was audition, uh, followed by Dead Girl then valentine and then comforting skin uh my most eligible bachelor funnily enough you and i we had the exact same order Mm -hmm. um comforting skin oh we did yeah yeah for bachelor yeah uh followed by audition because yeah he's a good dad and the son seems good and also rest in peace gang little pupper asshole if 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 he yeah if if he had married Either me or you, Kettle, or pretty much anyone here, that dog would have lived a long, happy life. Oh, I know. <laughs> Such uh, a good boy. And then, yeah, kind of same reasons you, Valentine. They're shitty people. One's a murderer, <laughs> but but not everybody in the movie is a rapist. And then that girl because <laughs> everybody in the movie is a rapist, except for stepdad. Basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm just gonna the I, Bachelorette. I'm just going to spoil it right now. Uh, Everyone put Dead Girl dead last for most eligible Bachelor, which I think is very valid. (laughs) Uh, Now, for eligible Bachelorettes, for first place, I went with Audition, not because of the one girl, but because you have the choice of all the other lovely ladies who surely (laughs) will probably not torture and kill you. Um, Followed by... Oddly enough, see, I went for comforting skin because it's just one of those, like, just because it, she's eligible doesn't mean that it's a good thing. Like, mm-hmm. like <laughs> you could just go to coffee and be like, hey, let's go out, and she would be glued to your arm forever. I love like, the logic behind that. I, I, was, I, saw, I saw how high you put it, and I was genuinely curious, like, what your reasoning was going to be behind that, and I did not yeah, see it, that coming. It, like, that's yeah, such a eligible, good reasoning. Eligible does not necessarily mean good. Yeah. Like, it's just like, hey, let's go. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah like you said, yeah, she's, she's pretty hot, like, you know, all the other things aside. Uh, so, after that, I have Valentine, because everybody's just kind of, again, kind of awful, but, like... Eh, like you know they were just kind of in third place because again dead girls in last because the, they're fucking dead like and also and in, in, in the movie's case the the main dead girl she ran off so she's not eligible at all <laughs> and i don't think she's gonna want to go on a date with anybody anyway 
<laughs> and then there's the other girl that got turned into a zombie, but again. She's spoken uh, for. Stop. Well, you, <laughs> that's why yes. But also, how about we don't turn her into a fucking rape zombie? Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that, that was my reasoning on the things. Yeah, because I mean, it's like I can't put coffee below like the zombie rape. <laughs> that's valid. So, that's my list. Nev. Uh so, my best kill, of course, is Valentine. The drill scene, of course. Um, best characters was Comforting Skin. Uh, worst movie, in my opinion, was Valentine. Comfiest movie was Valentine, though. Scariest movie was Dead Girl, because it made me almost cry. Uh, most disturbing movie was Comforting Skin. Sleeper hit, Comforting Skin. Most forgettable movie for me was Valentine. Best writing was comforting skin for me. Uh, best gore, in my opinion, was audition. So, what I found to be hilarious is that uh-huh. when you sent me your picks, um, we had the exact same category picks up until most forgettable movie. Ha. Everything else, like we had the exact same picks. <laughs> oh man. Uh, and then most eligible bachelor for me was audition. Oh, wait, ra- ranked movies. Oh, sorry, sorry, ranked movies. So ranking of movies was skin for me. Two was audition. Three was dead girl, and four was Valentine. Uh, and then eligible bachelor was audition is number one. Comforting skin is two because Nathan, good boy. Uh, <laughs> Nathan, best boy. Best boy. <laughs> Three was Valentine, and then four was Dead Girl. <laughs> Can't Don't imagine why. Uh, and then eligible, eligible bachelorette was comforting skin for me. I felt that Coffee, while yes, she was insane, I feel that with the right amount of help, she could actually be a really strong human being and potentially a very good bachelorette um two was valentine because denise richards <laughs> <laughs> denise richards is very pretty <laughs> it's not even so much that she's pretty i just liked her character and that no one. she's she, great like she's like, like i'm the slut but not really I, I like Denise Richards. She was like that it girl for around that time at, like that. She basically had kind of a similar career path as like, you know, Jessica Alba, Megan Fox. But in my opinion, Denise Richards was the best actress out of all of them. Right. Like Denise Richards didn't really have much in the way of ra- acting range, but like she knew where her range was and she, mm-hmm. she made the best out of it that she could. She really did. Um, and then three was Dead Girl, because, uh, sure, uh, she's definitely a step above the girl from Audition. Because, <laughs> good lord, no thank you. I would not. No. Um, I'm sorry. I but don't she's like so, home and, No, but the, she but the, my But the woman, the, the creepy woman in Audition was such a good cook, though. <laughs> Homemade meals every night, piping no. hot. No. Oh, no. 
I'm done. I'm not. I'm not saying anymore. You're safe, fish. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So that that was that was my lineup. Fish. Hmm. It's your turn. I'm about to throw up. Think about Simon and Simon being a good boy. Best Think about Nathan being the best boy. Yeah, Nathan is Nathan best boy. Is best boy. <laughs> best kill, definitely JT's death. I was again so freaking vindicated by his death. I was like, <laughs> yes, kill him, rip his lips off. Um, best characters, I thought audition. Um, simply because I think they're very human. Um, and I really did adore that. Um, worst movie, no fucking surprises, Valentine. I thought it sucked and I wanted to die in a fire. Um, <laughs> comfiest movie and scariest movie. So both of those are audition for me. Comfy, because, I mean, it really was, like, it reminded me of an old, almost like an old detective novel in the very mm. beginning. Um, scariest, because it did screw with my head so bad at the end. I was just like, what? <laughs> um most disturbing to me was dead girl um and also sleeper hit was dead girl simply because i didn't think based on kettle's initial reaction i was like oh what am i gonna get into what am i gonna see and then i was actually this is one of my favorites out of all of them and uh disturbing because it was pretty damn disturbing like mm. that whole comment on society was disturbing most forgettable comforting skin um kind of similar to kettle's reasons but mostly because again like i'm so desensitized to that whole lifestyle and i can't relate to it and it was just it eh, i wasn't i wasn't feeling it uh best writing audition i thought the story was perfect um Best gore, dead girl, because there was a lot of gore in that movie. Mm. Uh, the dog coming or dying in chunks. Uh, <laughs> the bullet wounds. The, the the bloody face that JT had at the end that just kept bleeding, too. Yeah. Um, ranked movies. Audition was my favorite. Dead girl was a close second. Comfort mm. Skin was at third only because Valentine can go fuck off. <laughs> 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 Most eligible bachelor comfort. We had the same kettle. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Most comforting or most eligible bachelor skin because Nathan Best Boy. I just want to take <laughs> that puppy angel home. Um, audition because uh, I love, I love both the dad and the son. Like I was like that son is gonna grow up and be such a good husband. <laughs> um, Valentine's you think that kid's getting married after what he walked into with his dad and his, his almost stepmom? <laughs> spritz, spritz. <laughs> uh, he was just like, I was like a smart kid for covering your mouth. Good job. Um, Valentine because of Angel. I was, he was the only one that was adorable. David Boreanaz has got some fucking charm to him. He really he does. Is, he and is again, such a charming man. For the character that he was supposed to play with the flaws he had, he trying. He was trying to be good for his girlfriend. <laughs> uh, and then... Baby, I love you, but all your friends are assholes. <laughs> they gotta go. 
are we watching you or are we watching no, the show you oh. um to joe <laughs> um and then uh dead girls dead last because fuck every male in that movie <laughs> um most eligible bachelorette audition because she was super cute besides being super creepy but even that had a charm to it uh, valentine because same reasons as everybody else denise Ricky richards is pretty <laughs> and she's got the sweetest expressions like i love her eyebrow contrast to the rest of her face mm-hmm. dead girl because zombie chick was hot um <laughs> like she was so erotic in like a, a bestial way, way. yeah like, like a feral was, way exactly like it was like if she had had sex it would have been really primal and really hot to watch. um <laughs> and then most eligible bachelorette for dead last is comfort skin because as my all says if you can't love yourself then how the hell are you gonna love anybody else (laughs) (laughs) all right and then for our static categories we got ranked body counts number one in the body count department is valentine with nine kills Mm -hmm. uh number two dead girl with five kills and now the number might seem higher based on like what you see in the movie, but I'm taking it at its word that if she bites you, you're basically dead. Um, so the jock, even though we don't see him die, we see him at a point where he's already deeply infected and he's dead. Uh, Wheeler, JT, and... Um, Joanne all died. And then Audition had two deaths. The the wife at the front and then presumably the Yandere at the end. Yeah. yeah. Even though she opens her, or well her eyes are already open. Even though she starts talking I'm gonna read between the lines and, and put on my Takashi Miike interpretation hat and say that yeah no she died. Yeah. Um, and that was just some weird mind fuck hallucination shit at the end. Um, and then comforting skin at the bottom because nobody died unless you count the tattoo entity. Mm-hmm. And I don't. Yeah, neither did I. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and then we have the ranked sex counts. Comforting skin at the top because I counted tattoo sex and there was a hell of a lot of tattoo sex going on. Six total that I counted. Um, number two, Dead Girl with three. Audition next uh, with one because presumably when he went to bed with her in the hotel, like when he goes to bed with her in the hotel, like it's heavily implied that they bang. Yeah. Sure. Um, even though that's the moment where the movie goes full-on Mike, because he he gets into bed and then he rolls over and it's the next morning 
um, in a single shot, which is weird. And that's where all the weird shit really start. All the weird head trippy shit really starts taking place. Um, but day banged. Um, and then Valentine at the bottom, because as much as everyone in that movie was looking to get laid and there were a lot of close calls, nobody actually ever had sex in that movie. Um, so yeah, that's how those rank out. And then we got, we got the points system. All the movies got points for all the different things. Um... Would you like me to go through them individually, or or do you want me to go straight to the grand total? Let's go to the uh, grand total. Yeah, just total. Total, yeah. Uh, so grand total points. Audition walked away with 176 points, making it the winner for this month. Um, yeah. Comforting Skin walked away with 172, putting it in second place. Dead Girl came away with 152 in third place, and Valentine's down at the bottom with 140. Where it now, should be. <laughs> now, how this ties into anything, we still don't know, because I haven't decided what the fuck the points actually mean or the ranking system actually means, but now we can stack these points and these movies up against last month's movies, and we have a, a full grand ranking thing. Which I made a little graphic for, so here we go. This is how this is how the movies are stacking up right now. The Bride is still in the lead. I think it's got like 180 points. Followed by Audition. Frankenstein's Army and Comforting Skin are tied with the exact same score uh, for third place. Fourth place, Lady Frankenstein. Fifth place, Dead Girl. Sixth place, Valentine. And seventh place, there's a movie even less liked for, in terms of points than valentine and that was flesh for frankenstein <laughs> which yeah. i which i had to censor because the only decent poster i could find for the movie has that woman's breasts right out there so even though they were very tiny nipples in the graphic i still put a black bar over them so yeah there you go sometimes <laughs> you have to fuck life in the gallbladder yep so there's there's that Mm-hmm. take it away now and yeah I think that'll do it for Spook Show Syndicate for the month of February oh um, shit we'll be back next month next month month of March we got a theme going already we got movies picked out already it's gonna be the luck of the Irish and we're gonna be we. and this time we each picked the movie these last two months I've been curating pretty much the entire thing myself so now we're going to get actual decent variants out of the movies we watch because everyone's bringing a pick to the table. Uh, let me see. Where did I... I don't have it pulled up. I think I can do it from memory. My pick was Leprechaun 4 in Space, the best Leprechaun <laughs> movie. Um, Cattle, what was your pick? Mine is Maniac Cop. Oh, yeah. Nah, Neff? Oh, uh, uh, I can remember it if you can. I cannot. I'm sorry. I didn't uh, you picked The Hallow. Yes. Thank you. And then Fish. Grabbers. And they all have either some form of Irish theming. Grabbers and The Hallow are actually Irish-made films. And then, you know, Leprechaun is Leprechaun. And Maniac Cop takes place 
over the course of St. Patrick's Day. So that should be a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, I think that that does it. I don't think, is there anything else? Am I forgetting anything? Not that I can think of. Well, no. thanks for hanging out and doing this. Yeah, it was better. fun. Yeah, this month went way better than last month. Mm-hmm. It's coalescing. It's coming together. <clears throat> it's all it's all downhill from here. Yeah. <laughs> it will be if you make me watch Valentine. Precisely, <laughs> like it's it's better to go downhill than uphill. Like it's easier to walk downhill. Yeah, but it's harder on your joints. And it's not a challenge. <laughs> I like it flat. <laughs> you like, like the flat sausage. Like 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 dead girl's heartbeat. Yeah. <laughs>